Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your favorite, I hope, we hope, right, Drew? Mm-hmm. We hope yeah. your favorite sports collectibles podcast. We are the best, and I'm, I'm saying it definitely, we are the best sports collectibles podcast where we talk TTM cards autographs collecting and a whole lot more it is season five episode four it is the weekend of january 28th and you're talking to you're listening to you're hearing me my name is jeff baker i'm your host of the program talking to you from boston massachusetts and i'm joined by my friend and co-host from dallas texas mr drew pelto hey drew good to be here as always drew how's the youtube going you've been you've been doing uh just about every week now since the start of this the year is it has uh been getting to get a lot of views yeah it's been uh, i mean it's been typical for what i usually get around you know 20 to 50 views per week and then usually some stragglers looking back at previous weeks but uh if you want to check it out just go to youtube.com slash dfw grapher post a video typically every sunday this past week's one was monday because i got a little bit lazy but uh Try to post up any uh, autographs I get, whether in person or through the mail, and uh, any trades, purchases, anything like that that I pick up. So basically, it's what you're hearing from me on here, but you get to see it as well. Drew, one of your cousins uh, messaged, I think on <laughs> on Instagram the other day, uh-huh. and he's like, "Oh, I love the new show, and we're talking about TTM Cast 101." But I, you know, you're good, Jeff. But why don't you, why don't you let Drew do some interviewing? Because <laughs> <laughs> I am not a good interviewer. I, I'm, I'm going to ask like the most obvious boring questions every time so we'll leave it to you to do all those i'm, I'm totally yeah guys we're not keeping drew away from the the guests it's just not his forte so yeah uh you, you know we, we love we appreciate it and i'm sorry if you don't let you, you you get tired of listening to my voice all the time and the he said drew i i, I this is a paraphrasing right he's like mm-hmm. jeff you're great and all but that voice drew pelto that <laughs> voice we got to get a, you got to get him doing the uh the the interviewing i go sorry that's not something he does yeah yeah not so, i don't know maybe we can get clemente to do some interviews or or less yeah. to do some interviews i don't know we'll 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 we'll, we'll get some other people to so you, you don't have to hear my 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 uh dulcet tones all the time <laughs> <laughs> but and we're talking of course about ttm cast one on one it is now on it'll be on every wednesday and it will feature interviews from athletes collectors people in the hobby authors and, and basically anything anything else that we want to we want to get in there so if you'd like to let's let's put it out there Drew, right yeah. if you have uh, an idea for somebody that you'd like to hear an interview from send me an uh, email you send it to ttmcast at yahoo.com and i'm gonna open this up to everyone all, all my fellow collectors out there if you'd like to conduct an interview for the show if you want to be the guy that interviews we, we'll have you just you know, uh, email me and we'll we'll discuss it. And if it's somebody that we feel like falls into uh, our show and we think it's it might make make a good interview, we'd love to have you as a a correspondent, right, Drew? Absolutely, 
The more the merrier. This is a, a community and we love, we love to get people involved. Uh, and then speaking of community and being involved, Drew does everything. Drew is like like the, the Renaissance man. And <laughs> if you uh, like our new intro music, that is from Drew's band, Bastards of Beethoven's Bastards. Beethoven's yes. Bastards. He has got a couple new songs up. So if you want to go check those out, Drew, where do they where do they find what can they find your songs? Oh, all over the place. Anywhere where you can find uh, music online, we have it up there. So YouTube has it. Spotify, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music, you name it, it's going to be on there. Just look up Beethoven's Bastards. Uh, our songs so far are Little Help, which you hear as the uh, as the uh, intro song on here. We've got uh, Looking Down on Me, which is my favorite one because I get to play the freaking cowbell on that one. Nice. And we just put one out this week called Cromulent with a question mark at the end. Cromulent, yeah, I'm going to question mark. Officially. What does that mean? <laughs> it's, uh, we just felt like throwing it in there because... Uh, so anybody who knows the Simpsons really well knows the word words ambiguous and cromulent. They're both used in an episode there, and they have since been taken into the national lexicon. I think you can even find them in the Oxford English Dictionary. And so uh, our lead singer slash guitarist slash main songwriter wrote the song, and the first line of it is, just because you haven't heard doesn't mean it's not a cromulent word. And so it went off on that, and then the word ambiguous appears in the very end of it there too. So we just called the Simpsons song for the longest time, and then... Uh, he came with another title for it. And I'm like, well, what if we just call it Cromulent with a question mark at the end? He's like, I like that. Yeah, just put, go with that. So, uh, yeah, we put Cromulent question mark. So, uh, yeah, there's there's no real meaning to it at all. Just uh, something different. I mean, there needs to be more songs with punctuation in the title, I think. So I agree. Very good. Well, guys, we have a brand new sponsor. You must, might have heard at the beginning of the show. We have a brand new sponsor. It's GemRate.com. They're a great uh, website where they have they- uh, have all sorts of statistics for the four leading grading companies. We use their statistics all the time, basically just about every week, right, Drew? We, we always yeah. use uh, Generate statistics. Well, they're, they're going to generate exclusive statistics for us. We're, they're going to run reports, so we're going to have uh, a, a new segment in Making the Grade. We're going to call it the Big Three, and it is going to be in our, our Making the Grade segment because Generate does focus on grading. And uh, we'll have our first uh, new segment, Big Three of the year, um, Brought to you by Gemrate. So welcome to the program, Gemrate. Thank you. Hey, let's give him a standing O. Woohoo! Good, good guys. Thank you. Uh, and then I just want to remind everyone about uh, our show, our new show, Wednesday show. It's called TTM Cast 101 on Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we will, well, is it next Wednesday, Drew, or this Wednesday? Um, this coming Wednesday. We'll this say. coming Wednesday, we'll call it. This coming Wednesday, we're going to have Scott Wright, who is uh, founder of Next Gem. It's a um, marketplace and place where you can upload your cards and, and uh, sell your cards and, and display your cards. It's called Next Gem. We're going to talk to Scott Wright about his uh, fantastic app, which is free. So that will be next Wednesday or this coming Wednesday uh, on TTMcast One on One. Drew, how was your week? Pretty good. Um, got out to a couple of in-person events, which I'll talk about later on with those in the successes area there. Um, also picked up some, uh, made a couple purchases and uh, trades, got in set needs on, let's see, here it was John Smoltz and Bob Welch for my uh, Diamond King sets. Picked up Archie Bradley and Dylan McLean for my uh, Topps Heritage set and a uh, dual signed Ryan Castellani and Ashton Goudreau for that set as well. I had nice. one signed by just Goudreau at that point that I picked up in a trade and then I found one on eBay signed by both of them. So snagged that while I could. Um, got the last three cards I need for my 2018 Donruss Optic Soccer base set. So that's finally complete. The only thing that I have not done are the inserts, are the optic inserts. And it's like, 
that's another 100 cards are going to be a lot of uh, it's going to cost me a lot i don't think i'm going to bother doing those i'm going to stick with the uh Entire Don Russ run of both the uh, base and inserts, the optic just base and be good with that. Yeah, well, for now. The optics don't really hold the signatures that well, right? Right. Yeah, I'm not getting any of these signed at all. This is just uh, just putting the set together just for the okay. hell of it. But yeah, you have to do a lot of prep work on any kind of optic and chrome cards there. And uh, picked up some stamps this week. They should be getting in soon, both uh, U.S. and Canada and Czech Republic. So uh, yeah. Drew, I think next week we, we've had a lot of um, clamoring for this. I think next week we will do. Maybe we'll, you know what? Maybe we'll do it on the Wednesday show. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Wednesday show, we will do um, sending TTM requests out to uh, foreign countries. We'll, yeah. we'll kind of talk about that and uh, where you can get, how do you get stamps if you want to. We had a, a listener send a, a question into Les about sending TTM requests to Japan. Okay. And, you know, just how do you, how do you go about, where do you get the, the stamps for Japan and Mexico mm -hmm. and maybe England and, you know, some of the Czechoslovakia, some of the hockey things, and, and what's the best way to do it? I think, why don't we do that for Wednesday, okay? Cool. Yeah, we'll do that. That's your homework. All right. I can, I can, <laughs> I can put that together. All right. So we're going to talk on Wednesday. Uh, we will do, we will have Scott Wright from NextGen, but we also talk about sending TTM requests to a foreign land. All right. Yeah. That'll be uh, next week. This week, we have Jarrett Leahy. Jarrett Leahy is a Boston Celtics super collector. And I just want to give you a little background on Jarrett. Jarrett was a the super collector of the year for Beckett in 2001. So he has been wow. collecting uh, since he was in college, since he was a, a, in high school, actually, uh, collecting Celtics autographs and, and Celtics cards and Celtics memorabilia. So when I talk about super collectors, this guy is a super collector. And we talk about, I, you know, you, you, your eyes might glaze over with, with Boston Celtics stuff, but they have so many Hall of Famers and there's so much cool stuff yeah. out there. Yeah, I thought it was a, a good time to talk to Jarrett. Also, we have Les Wolf. Les Wolf will, will be on next week as well. So uh, I'm sorry, this week we have Les Wolf on this week and next week. Les, this week we talk about uh, Scott Rowland getting into the Hall of Fame. We talk about uh, the the Babe Ruth George Brett card that uh, Drew and I will talk about a little later. We also uh, answer some listener mail, so that is coming up a little later in the show. Uh, next week we have our collector and author David Bell. David Bell's written a new book on how to uh, spot fakes, uh, and so we're going to talk to David about him, and we're going to actually give away a, a copy of his book. And then we also uh, have we'll, ha we'll hear from Les as well. So we have a lot of stuff going on. Jarrett Leahy and Les Wolf this week. And we have on Wednesday, we have Scott Wright from Next Gym. But we also have all our regular segments, right, Drew? We do indeed. Baker's Dozen, where we're going to be covering all of the news in the hobby from the previous week. As you said, we've got Les Wolf joining us and Jarrett Leahy for Collector's Corner. We've got our contest. We've got some uh, stuff we're going to be giving away. We'll talk about that after uh, we go through all of those. Making the Grade, where we cover all the news from the grading portion of our hobby. Stamp Approval, where Jeff and I give our two thumbs up to something or other from the previous week. Could be just about anything that's on our minds. The Vern Rap Minute, where we cover deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anything where you might know a person. And, of course, the main reason why you're here and why we're here, our TTM Returns. Guys, we'd love to hear from you. We love feedback. We love questions. We love comments. Let us know if you think what you think about our One New Wednesday show. Let us know if you have any questions for Les. Les is looking always, uh, if you're looking for an appraisal on something, he loves to do that. He also loves to uh, give his opinion on an autograph. So if, if you have something that you're not quite sure of, just send it to us at 
TTMcast at yahoo.com. And we'll make sure that Les answers it. And if we use your stuff on the air, if we use one of your questions on the air, well, we'll get you a prize. We'll get you some type of prize. We we have a, we have a prize closet, right, Drew? Yep, yep. So we'll get you something. So, guys, I want to thank you guys uh, for listening. Uh, hopefully, you're you're enjoying this kind of new uh, format, breaking it up a little, not so much of a marathon, a little more of a sprint on Wednesday, especially. Um, I think we got all our house cleaning done, Drew. Let's get right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. I just want to remind everyone, I have a new article on TTM and every week in Sports Collectors Daily, sportscollectorsdaily.com. Usually uh, publishes on either Tuesday or Wednesday morning, and it breaks breaks down all my successes. I put all pictures of all my successes there, as well as a summary of what's been going on on the show. So make sure you check that out. Speaking of articles, I had an article on Sports Collectors Digest on our friend Les Wolf. That is uh, now up and live. Make sure you check that out. Nice article on Les Wolf about his friendship with Mickey Mantle and uh, Muhammad Ali and how he got involved in collecting. Uh, hopefully enjoy that. So make check that out. Um, Drew, this one, let's start off with this one. This one, I don't know how this happened. And I know you're, you're, you, you can't comment totally on it. But yeah. we're talking, of course, about this Panini National Treasures Babe Ruth fiasco right the uh, public relations fiasco yeah tops has been really messing up lately and i'm sure the friend the guys at the panini are just like smiling ear to ear because anytime there's problems with tops they're happy i'm sure it's Mm -hmm. their competitors but panini really messed this one up if you hadn't heard panini national treasures they go for about what about 550 bucks for a box at least, yeah, yeah, and that—that's like if you can get it at a good price. Well, yeah. um, they had a one of one Babe Ruth uh, card uh, booklet, and a collector in New Jersey bought the 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 National Treasures box from a, a, a card store uh, start shop in uh, New Jersey, and I don't know if he op- they opened it on um, on video. Do you do you know if they did, Drew? That I don't know. I haven't uh, haven't seen that. Yeah, I don't. Enough. I'm not sure either. But I, I'm sure you've seen it now. Well, anyway, the George uh, Babe Ruth one of one was he opened the he opened the thing the booklet up and whose autograph was there? George Brett. Yep. Oh my God! Wouldn't you have been crying? You're like, yeah. I mean, that's like. I mean, seeing that on a Babe Ruth card is that's like. I mean, I think they did the right thing by reaching out, going, "What the hell is this, Panini? What what did you guys do here? This is this is insane." And well, it sounds yeah. like, I mean, I, hopefully Panini's taking that very seriously. I'm sure they are, because, I mean, I work with Panini, so, yeah, I don't really want to say too much here, but I've had to do research projects for them before on stuff where they're uh, trying to find something out about something, and they're, and they're like, hey, can you see if you can dig up some, any photos of this, 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 this? Or So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're they're doing their due diligence on this, figuring out, okay, where the hell did this go wrong? What happened here? So, trying to make it right, it sounds like. So, that's 
good for them at least, but that's the least they can do at least. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw this last night and I don't remember where I saw, I saw it on social media and you got to take it with a grain of salt on social media. Cause honestly, I've been duped when I see something on social media, I, I take everything on social media uh, as fact. So <laughs> I'm not, when, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I didn't really fact check this or anything, but uh, somebody did get the George Brett card and it had the Babe Ruth autograph. So it looked like they just, made a mistake and switched it they were probably right next to each other right drew and so yeah. somebody who was whoever was doing it you know and i'm sure that you know they're busy they do a lot they're doing a lot mm -hmm. of stuff and it was it was just an oops and it wasn't they weren't i don't think panini was trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes and uh right. you know the, they said through i know uh, i was talking to uh, rich miller from sports collectors daily uh the other day about this and um, panini you know he reached out panini and panini immediately said that they were going to take care of it so i don't know yeah. what that meant but you know it was, a, it was a human error and we're all human and we have to accept that and if mm -hmm. it was a it, it was an error and it wasn't uh either panini pull, pulling a fast one or it could have been the collector you don't know you, you know the, yeah. the people are, are pull stuff as well but it seems like this was just uh an error and every we forgive everyone but there's got to be stuff in place processes in place so this doesn't happen especially with with somebody like Bay, a babe ruth autograph you know i'm sure they don't have babe ruth autographs just lying around in the office pull, you know to pull another babe ruth autograph out right yeah i definitely have not seen any at all i mean i've only been through the uh memorabilia area a couple times there but yeah they don't just have a gigantic stock of them sitting there or anything right less than less than i talked about and i think we i think he determined he he guessed it was between three to five thousand dollars is is what the the card would be worth you know the autograph would mm -hmm. be worth by itself so now as a one and one and people love one and ones you don't know how much it's worth it could be you know could be four figures could be five figures i don't know yeah, yeah. so it was but hopefully they'll all, all rectify that and i think i hope both companies and all the all the companies including upper deck um put something in place that this doesn't happen it really mm -hmm. you know imagine getting a getting a hockey card and you thought it was wayne gretzky and you, and you, you get uh, Paul Coffey, you know, Paul Coffey is yeah. a good player, but yeah, it's not Wayne Gretzky, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not what you're expecting. So, and not, 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 nothing on to say that George Brett isn't a great player, but when you're expect when you're getting Babe Ruth, that's what you want. That's what you thought you were getting. So exactly. Well, we had some hall, a new hall of famer. We had a new baseball hall of famer to, that, that was announced this week. Yeah. Scott Rowland is the lone uh, class, uh, lone member of this class from the uh, baseball writers uh, vote. A um, couple other guys are kind of close there. I know uh, Scott, or uh, what's his name? Uh, Todd Helton was right up there as well, but didn't quite make the cut this time. But yeah, Scott Rowland. So a uh, third baseman getting in the Hall of Fame, which I mean, third base is a criminally underrepresented position in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, I'm not too was, surprised to see that. I think it's 19, right? This is a 19 third baseman. I think that's the number. Yeah, like 18 or 19. I know it's right there in the high teens, but yeah, I mean, it's been a criminally underrepresented position in the in the Hall of Fame, and but... Yeah, I mean, Roland, he's, he's kind of one of those borderline guys for me. I mean, 300-some home runs, just over 2,000 hits. Sure, he had eight gold gloves to go along with that, but I don't know, man. If you're going to put him in, then it's like, okay, Ken Boyer now suddenly has a case to be put in the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, Ron well. Santo, right? Is and, he, yeah, he's not in. Santo is in. Yeah, Santo he's got a veterans okay. committee, but yeah. Well, I, you know, I always when I think of a Hall of Famer, especially hitters, I think of a guy that I'm sitting there watching a game and he's coming up in three batters. Mm -hmm. Am I going to hang around to watch his at bat? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Aaron judge, 
I'll wait. I'll watch it. I'll wait. To, oh, he's coming up. I'll watch his at bat. Yeah. Uh, you know, Scott Rowland wasn't isn't one of those guys in my mind. I never, he, I didn't fear him. Maybe because he was in the National League his whole career, and I, you know, we never played the Red Sox much. But the best way that I heard it put for somebody for a Hall of Fame caliber was, he said, "Imagine you live about twenty-five to fifty miles from a major league stadium." would you go to see that specific player if they were coming to a game? And he said, you know, like Nolan Ryan, you'll do that. Steve Carlton, oh, yeah. you'll do that. Um, yeah, Aaron Justin Judge, Verlander, I didn't. Yeah, Verlander, you do that. Would you do that with somebody like Edgar Martinez, Scott Rowland, anybody like that? And like, yeah, I, that, that's a good way of putting it. Harold Baines, no, I would not. But No, I know, I agree. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, I love seeing more third basemen get represented. I like a big haul, but... I don't know. Just, I mean, I, uh, it, do, it doesn't do as much for me as some of the other ones would. Do you have his autograph? Is he a TTM or at all? No, never got rolling at any point, either in person or by mail at all. Yeah, I haven't either. I don't, I'm not sure he was a TTM or, you know, now everyone's going to clamor for his, his cards and his autograph. Do you have his rookie card or do you have any, uh, his early cards? I don't think so. That's back when Bowman was jumping everybody to put guys in. So there's a lot of rookies from the 90s. That I don't have their uh, rookie cards. Yeah, I don't I don't have him either. Um, also, TriStar made a big announcement as well. Yeah, Fred McGriff signed to a deal to sign for them. So uh, I think we all kind of expected that one to be coming. I know I saw somebody uh, had a, a Diamond Kings 89 uh, Fred McGriff up for sale in one of the Diamond Kings collectors groups I'm in. They were asking 40 bucks for it, and I'm like, yeah, I might. I don't know. I think somebody bought it anyways before I'd even seen it. But the person even said, you know, look, he's going to be going probably 75 minimum on uh, signings now after this. So to be able to get that card for 40 bucks would be pretty darn good. But, yeah, I mean, if Tri starts scooping him up, yeah, you're probably going to see. I mean, good that he'll be doing a lot of signings. Yeah, I but think it's going to cost you a lot. He'll be at the National, don't you think? Yeah, almost guaranteed. I, I think so, too. Um, and he wasn't really a signer. He was, he hasn't been a signer. Uh, even when he was playing, he wasn't, he wasn't a big signer. Yeah. He TTM'd a little bit in the 2010s, but not for very long. All right. Well, I saw this, we saw this uh, note from Clemente, our friend Clemente Lise. Um, and, and Drew, you're going to have to give me an explanation because I didn't really, I'm not really familiar with it. And you are a little more than I am. Uh, Maradona, the, the famous uh, soccer player, uh, there's a, there's a ball it's called the hand of god ball and it's up for auctions uh with golden auction it may reach three million dollars which is incredible i guess in the 1986 world cup finals against england uh this was the ball that uh hit maradona's arm and was directed into the net drew tell me a little about it your recollection of this yeah i've seen the video of it a couple times but it's pretty blatant i mean the ball is bouncing way up in the air like he almost like reaches up in the air and waves his arm at the ball and his hand very clearly hits it and causes it to go over the goalie's head and bounces into the net. And the referee, I mean, everybody from England is just like, that's a blatant handball. No. Yes. And the referee is just like, I'll allow it. And this is where the they goal. didn't have video. Now they, that, that would never happen. Right. Yeah. They've got all the video replays and stuff. And I mean, he would have gotten, I think a red card for that. Cause it's, I mean, an intentional handball. But uh, somehow he gets away with not, with hitting the ball like volleyball serve style straight into the net just about. <laughs> and they even asked him after the game, they said, did that ball hit your hand? And he shrugs, he says, it was a little bit the hand of Maradona and a little bit the hand of God. And so that's how got the name, the hand of God goal. Well, evidently the referee of that game scooped up that ball for whatever reason. Was that the, was that the goal that ended the game? It literally was a, 
Did it end, did the end of the game or no? I think yeah, it was in like stoppage time at the end there, and like there was like the very end of stoppage time. That may be why Maradona did it. Was like ah, this isn't gonna matter anyway, and hits it and somehow gets away with it. Yeah, well the referee scooped up that ball and has had the ball the whole time. So the provenance is perfect, right? No one, no, no one else had the ball. The guy was sitting on the, on the field and picked up the ball and probably just, Oh, I'll keep it as a souvenir. And whatever, 30 years later or whatever, uh, he's selling it out of auction and $3 million for a soccer ball is something, you know, with all that international money out there, I'm sure that, that it's going to get in that stratosphere. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if there's anybody out there that wants a cheaper ball, I still have the ball for my first goal that I ever scored in soccer. <laughs> I'd sell that for only about maybe a hundred thousand. So uh, if you want something a little bit cheaper, hey, I thought up. you were gonna say ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta be like a little bit off of that. Well, we are in final four of football, and these are we're gonna talk a little final final four of football that we're not making picks based on. Uh, spreads or anything like that we're just going to talk about who we like so Drew, why don't, why don't we talk a little football all right all right yeah i mean this is i honestly i don't dislike any of these four teams i'm totally good with any of them advancing um i think kansas city versus philly would be interesting because you've got the andy reed bowl right there you know both yep. the teams that he's coached but i mean cincinnati and san francisco that's you know round three of their uh of their potential go go around here because they played in what super bowl 16 23 and then possibly this year and I mean, any other way, Cincy and Philly would be decent. Kansas City and San Francisco would be another uh, rematch from a couple of years ago. So I really don't care who wins them. I just want some interesting games out of those. If I, if you, if you put a gun to my head and say, pick the teams that you want to see, I got to go Kansas City and Philly. Okay, that's that. I did a um, fantasy football playoff pool, and mm-hmm. I have both. I have basically all the Kansas City and all the Philly guys. So that's what I'm rooting for. In yeah. fact, my whole my whole roster is still alive. I have guys from Cincinnati and guys from San Francisco. So I did pretty good picking players yeah. this this year. Um, I think I think since he's playing with a chip on their shoulder still with the, from the Buffalo thing. Yeah, and I, I think Mahomes is not going to be the guy. He's you know because he can't run. So mm-hmm. you take that away from him, and that's going to be that's going to be tough. And if his ankle is is as bad as they say it is, uh, I think Cincinnati is going to pull it out. I'm not rooting for them, but I think it's going to pull it out. And I think San Francisco ha- has gone as far as they're going to go. Yeah, I I think uh, the Purdy the Purdy era, which is <laughs> all sudden turned into he's turned into Tom Brady somehow. Uh, it, you know, the the glass slipper is going to slipper is going to. Flipper is going to slip off, right? Yeah. Yep. So I I think Philly's the 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 key the the best team in there. So I, I'm gonna I think it's gonna be Philly Cincinnati, and I agree with you. I think any of the fours for a Super Bowl I think will be good a good Super Bowl. All right, guys, this is a uh, just a, uh, want to let know our friends at Lana Sports, LanaSports.com. They are uh, work they work with Dropping Dimes and They are the um, memorabilia arm of uh droppingdimes.org and they raise money for former aba players that were not covered under the pension and help them out with food and medicine and living expenses and stuff like that well they have a sale on all their packs they have packs of cards that they produce it's the all-time top 30 players in the aba um and there's all sorts of other you know aba cards in it so it's aba cards you can get one pack for 25 dollars 
four packs for $80 or a 10 pack for $150. There's a, I know there's autographs in, in the, the packs. Check it out. It's lanasports.com. Uh, they're, they're on sale. You just could, I think you just hit merchandise and then you can, you can see all the stuff they have on sale. They also have autographed basketballs, all sorts of cool stuff. So just check it out and you get a cool piece of memorabilia and you help out former ABA players, which is really neat. Got some show news to let you guys know about. Yeah, I got the uh, big one up your way, Cranston, Rhode Island show. That's uh, February fourth and fifth. That is next weekend. I know Jeff, you said you might try to go and check. Yeah, that I'm going to try to go if the weather. You know, if, you know, it's about an hour, hour and a half drive for me. But if the weather holds out and we don't have any snow, I think I'm going to try to go down on Saturday. So if anyone's going to going to be in Cranston on uh, Saturday at the Coventry High School, I, I will probably be there. Forty-seven years that show has been running. One hundred and fifty dealers will be out there and. Autograph guests include Paul Stewart, former uh, player in the NHL and WHA and former NHL referee after his playing career was over. Uh, Ross Brooks will be signing there as well. $6 admission price for it. Yeah, it's a really fun show. If you're, you're into vintage stuff, it's a really fun show. The big show in Houston, which I really wish I could go to, it's next weekend. It is February 3rd to the 5th at the NRG Arena. It's put on by TriStar, TriStarProductions.com. You can find out all the guys that are signing, including Dr. J, Kevin McHale, Get all the guy, a lot of guys from the Houston Astros, just a ton of guys will be signing. So make sure you check that out. The Houston Collector Show, February 3rd through the 5th at the NRG Arena. 757shows.com has their uh, big Virginia Beach show coming at the end of the month, February 25th. And a few autograph signers there. Dwight Gooden will be there, as will Howard Johnson for any of you Mets fans out there. Uh, former Negro League ball player Sam Allen will be out there as well. And I know, Jeff, you said we we're going to have uh, him on the show here coming up soon. We will. We're going to have him on the show when we're going to have the show promoter in a couple in a couple of weeks. So look forward to that. This was just announced and it's really cool. It's a, it's a, it's a, a really, always one of the biggest shows of the year. We're talking about the Philly show, March 10th through the 12th. Uh, Mike Schmidt's going to be there. And Drew and I were talking earlier. He doesn't sign that often. So if you need to get a Mike Schmidt, he will be there. Johnny Bench will be there. Ken Griffey Jr. A senior will be there as well. And they have a lot of other guys. They always have a lot of Philly, Philly guys, uh, uh, Flyers and and uh, Philadelphia Phillies and stuff and Eagles. So it's March 10th through the 12th, the Philly show. And uh, we'll, we'll, when when that gets closer, we'll get some more information on that. We have a bunch of new releases to let you guys know about. The companies are the card companies are still sending out all sorts of stuff. The the card market is is still hot. It might cool down a little, but there's all, all sorts of cards available. The 2021-22 Panini Mosaic NBA. You get 10 packs, 15 cards per pack. You get one auto and 20 parallels. That's going for about $300 for a hobby box at the 2021-22 Panini Mosaic NBA. Uh, Panini Illusions NFL for 2022 has hit the shelves. You get 10 packs with five cards per pack in that. Three autographs, two memorabilia cards. So that's uh, five premium cards out of 50 right there. Pretty good there for $350. Yeah, and those are nice cards. Their illusions yeah. are really nice. We got the 2021-22 Panini Immaculate NBA. You get one pack of five cards, three autos, and two memorabilia. This one's a, a break, break in the bank, guys. It's $1,700. So it's a 2021-22 Panini Immaculate NBA for 1700 bucks. I got the uh, 2022 Tops Finest Baseball hitting the shelves. You get two mini boxes per uh, box there. Each of those mini boxes will have six packs of five cards, two autographs across there, so probably about one per box there. $220 will be the price tag on that one. 
Yeah, and then they're, they're nice looking cards. I've seen a couple of breaks on that. Those yeah. are nice looking cards. Well, Drew, that wraps up Baker's Dozen. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend Les Wolf. 2022 was a great year for CSG. They graded iconic cards, including a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle that sold for $1.25 million at auction, reviewed more than 1 million cards in less than two years, and they're only getting started. Take advantage of the CSG difference with grading fees 20% off through January. CSG has incredible turnaround times and state-of-the-art holders. Starting at just $12 a card, visit csgcards.com today to experience the difference. All right, guys, it's that time of the show again, my favorite segment. We're talking a little more from Les with Les Wolf, our hobby legend. And I know he hates me calling him a legend, but that's what he is. Les, how you doing, buddy? I'm actually the dean of collecting. I like Dean that. of collecting. We'll get you one of those, those professor, professorial uh, robes with the, the different color of the satchels. That's fine. I mean, I'm happy to, you know, I can, I can go, I can travel anywhere and teach my class how to protect, <laughs> collect, invest, protect, and preserve your memorabilia collection. That's right. Class is in session. Well, you got we, got, we got, we um, got another, another email, Twitter uh, question for you. And you, you've been busily typing away, helping out uh, another one of our listeners and one of our listeners had a um, multi-signed ball that had been bleeding, and he was concerned about, you know, how do you how do you deal with, you know, getting a ball like that signed by multiple people and keeping it so that it doesn't bleed or doesn't doesn't the signatures doesn't wear out? And what did you tell him? Basically, there's nothing you could do once it's signed. You just have to making sure you keep it out of the sunlight, proper temperature in the room. Uh, not handling it with your fingers. The oils in your fingers are going to make it lighter. But, you know, if all those listeners out there that uh, are getting baseball signed, multi-signed baseballs, try to use that big extra fine point pen. That, that'll that help tremendously. But there's sometimes it's just a matter of luck of the leather or the ball. You got to be careful. Yeah, because, I mean, how do you keep, you know, you're going to have multi-players touching the ball and handling it, and they're not going to handle it as delicately as you, right? So Correct. Correct. How do you how do you you work around that? Because you do the you do that a lot. You get a lot of multi balls signed. Yeah, I'm 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 thinning out the herd. You know, I got I need one more guy. If anybody knows Barry Bonds, I need him to complete three 500 home run balls, and one more one other one I need a rod on to finish it. But uh, I, I'm trying not to get too many multi signed balls because see, he has become a lot of work, but. If you're working on the ball and it's fun, stick with it, but make sure you use that extra fine point blue pen, blue big pen. Right. And keep it, keep keep it out of the sunlight and then be careful of humidity, right? Yes. And try not to if you're gonna touch it and you gotta play with it, which is fine, make sure you use gloves. Right. Or at least have the guy touch it on the seams, right? The guy that's yes. signing right. it. And you know, make sure you don't get get the COVID on the ball. <laughs> I had another question. Uh, I believe it was an email, and uh, he asked if you ever got stuff signed overseas, specifically in Japan. Japan. No, but I'm, I think I know the question. The next question is, how do you figure out the postage to come back? Yeah, um, I guess he didn't really ask that. He was just wondering if you had 
dealt with Japan. I don't, I'm not quite. No, done. I've, I dealt with Germany for Max Schmeling years ago. Um, Mexico, Canada. You got to really, you got to go online and calculate what the postage is going to be. And usually what I say is, you know, make sure you send that athlete or that person. Let's say the postage is $5, send them $10 in case it's anything extra, you know, send it a U.S. currency. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess yeah. If you're going to send something that has any any value, you should make sure before you send it over that the guy's one signing, right? And that would help, I think. What do you? Yeah. Think? And, and then um, you you should insure it, right? Anytime you send anything that has any value, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely want to insure it. Cool. Well, have you been following the um, the Hall of Fame voting? And, and we had a we have a new Hall of Famer in Scott Rowland. What's your thought on Scott Rowland as a Hall of Famer? Well, let me backtrack. I think Scott Rowland was an excellent ball player. If you tell me he's a Hall of Famer, I have some questions about that. I think, I think, I think the Baseball Hall of Fame is kind of saturated with guys like Don Sutton, compilers, or Harold Baines who, in my opinion, should not be in the Hall of Fame. Nice guys, wonderful men. I met them, all, met them really, really nice to meet them. But when you think of the Baseball Hall of Fame and you think of the highest plateau an athlete can get in the baseball industry, the baseball field, and to get in the Hall of Fame, you think of immediately Hank Aaron, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays. You think of the best of the best, Reggie Jackson, Ken Griffey, Junior, you know, you think of those guys, you don't think of the Scott Rollins or the Todd Helton's, you know, even a Helton will probably get in. Or, if, you know, I was even shocked that Billy Wagner had 66% of the vote. You know, do I think they deserve it? I think they're great ball players. Don't get me wrong, long, long careers, but should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? If I'm voting, no. I, I agree. How about Carlos Beltran? Is he a Hall of Famer? He had a couple of good years. I don't think so, but. Like I said before, you know, if you're going to eliminate Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, who, in my opinion, okay, yes, they did steroids, but you also have Mike Piazza and Ricky Henderson that did steroids that got away with it, and David Ortiz for that matter. Yeah. If if you're not going to put Bonds and Clemens in, what are you going to? Why do you pick the 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 lesser guys? I mean, I don't I have nothing against Scott Rowland, nice player, did everything right, but do I think he's a Hall of Famer? No, I do not think so. You know how I always judge it less? I judge it by that. If that guy was coming up three batters later, would have I waited on watching a game on TV for him to come up? And I would say no. Scott Rowland never was one of those that type of guy. No, I would agree. He would never scare you, really. Yeah. I mean, he I I, I was I, I didn't think anyone would get in. I'm surprised that he did get in. Um, what do you what about Al, uh, Adrian Beltre next year? Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? I think he's a better better than a than a, a Scott Rowland. But but you know when you think of the plateaus, you know the lifetime three hundred average, five hundred home runs, three thousand hits, uh, one MVPs, one World Series is is Adrian Beltre in there? Is Scott Rowland in there? Is Carlos Beltran? Well, Beltran won it, but he cheated. But do they deserve to be in it? Yeah, I don't think so. How about Steve Garvey? Uh, I mean, I think if Rollins in, then Garvey's in, no? Garvey's not in. 
I know, uh, but if Roland gets in, don't you think Garvey should get in? Yeah, I would. I would. I would. I would think that Garvey should be in before Roland. But like I said, it's in in all sports now. It's no longer the athletic ability of the athlete. It's more about who they knew or who they were friends with. Yeah, it, really, more so nowadays than than twenty years ago, right? Yeah, I mean, Rick Farrell, nice ball player. But did he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? His brother was on the panel. That's how he got in. Yeah. You know, Ray Schalk, great defensive catcher. Does he belong in the Hall of Fame with a sub, uh, two, two, what is he, 250 or 260 bat, lifetime batting average? You know, it's we can go on and on on this topic because I, I just feel that there's too many guys that do not belong. And, and if, you, if we did a poll of all our listeners, uh, whether or not, these guys, Scott Rowland guys like him should be in the Hall of Fame. I would guarantee you that they would say no. Yeah, I would agree. I would think I, I think the typical baseball fan, uh, or even the educated baseball fan, would say Scott Rowland, good player, not a great player. Yeah, definitely. So I don't I don't know. Is is um now that Scott Rowland is in the Hall of Fame, was he a TTM or did he you ever get him on T via TTM? I don't think I ever mailed him. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I got him in person. And I think we should go a step further with the Hall of Fame. If you go right now and you go through the major leagues, is Aaron Judge a Hall of Famer? Yes. I say no. Not right. I do. Uh, Again, I I fear him as as an opponent. I I would wait for his at bat. I think he, uh, you know, he hasn't done it. How many good years has he had? I know he hasn't done it long enough, but I'm just saying if he's if he, he's on a if he's on a typical track, and I'm not saying 60 home runs a year, but 40 home runs a year for the next five to eight years, he's definitely in. In that case, yes, I would agree, but presently, no. Oh, I, I, I mean, if he died in a plane crash today, like uh, Thurman Munson, bit, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But I'm just saying, I would say. Even like a guy like uh, Raphael Devers, I think Devers, if he if he continues to hit for the next eight to ten years, he's going to get in. Oh yeah, I would agree. But you know, the, the obviously, you know, they got to hit that number that that five hundred home run, the three thousand hit. They've got to, you know, set four or five uh, MVPs, a couple World Series titles. They got to they got to hit those milestones, so those benchmarks, don't you think? Like I said before, like I brought up before, I agree. Without a doubt. So how about um, Fred McGriff got in and again, he was a good player, but he never, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Once again, (laughs) he hit 500 home runs. No, he came close. Yeah, he came close. I don't know. It's 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 just that it's it is watered down and, you know, the the Hall of Fame's been around since what, 1939 or so, right? Yep, absolutely. they got to, you know, they 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 got to keep the feed the beast, so to speak, and they got to get one or two guys in every year. Well, this way the Hall of Fame makes money with everybody coming there, right? So it's self perpetuating, I guess. Um, did you know you and I were talking before we started, and our friends at Panini have had uh, a fiasco. <laughs> Do you want to call that a fiasco, Les? Um, I'll go one better than that. <laughs> My son sent me something. Uh... Or someone else, another another uh, follower sent me something uh, a Babe Ruth signed upper deck card with a bad Babe Ruth autograph in it. Close yeah, I saw I saw that I saw that too. Was it an upper deck card? It was an upper deck card. I mean, 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, well, of course, we're talking about the one of one national treasures uh, card that was pulled in New Jersey. It was by pulled by a, a, a collector in New Jersey from a card store in New Jersey, and uh, it was a Babe Ruth one one of one. And they opened booklet, and he opened the booklet, and not Babe Ruth's signature wasn't there. It was George Brett. How does how does that get through QC, and how how does that happen? Well, I think what the problem is. When you're talking about the big big companies, their quality control obviously is in there. And what they really need is they need a Jeff Baker or a Les Wolf to police, you know, look over the stuff, you know, spend a few dollars more instead of hiring college grads or uh, or people that aren't familiar with the hobby and make sure. I mean, maybe maybe whoever po uh, police the uh, Babe Ruth card said, "Oh, George Herman Ruth. Oh, that looks like George Ruth." Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, but the thing is, is is that I'm sure they don't have, you know. 20 Babe Ruth signatures just lying around so you would think as a one of one that it would ha it would um garner a lot of interest from you know the manufacturers and making sure that it it was right before they put it into a, a packet or what you know what I mean you would think that there'd be more than just one person's responsibility to make sure that something of that value because it's what, what is it, how much is it worth less two three thousand dollars five thousand dollars Ruth cuts have gone up tremendously. Yeah. One of one things, I mean, they, they get five figures for them. It's stupid, stupid, stupid numbers that they get just because they, they make a fabricated limited edition. I, I just don't quite understand how people, you know, just go fall for it and, and they they want to spend thousands of dollars for it. But who am I to say? No, well, Tops had a whole problem with numbering cards. Um recently the that they were number they were they were duplicate numbers and triplicate numbers of all these cards you know one of ones or or one one of tens and there were, were three one of ten three three ones of one of tens and you know their their numbering system was all mess so i don't know how much how you can trust trust the manufacturers when they're making all these these uh, uh horrible errors well like i said before it's you know lack of uh police in the hobby really you know, looking looking over their uh, mistakes. Yeah, it, it doesn't. You know, I, I mean, I've you've been in the business world. I've been in the business world, and uh, anytime we I, we created something, there was more than one set of eyes looking at it, making sure everything was copacetic. And we're not talking about you know something that's worth thousands and thousands of dollars. But actually, I got a better yet example for you. As you know, I'm a big Yankee fan. Yeah. <clears throat> Someone on one of the Facebook groups uh, had the 2020 Panini Immaculate Collection uh, a signed card of Jason Dominguez, the redemption card. So I yeah. spent $250 to get the redemption card. That's in 2020. Ask me a question if, I, if I've gotten that card yet. So two years, two, I thought three years now. And what, is this, was this with um, Panini or with Tops? Panini. Panini. I know Panini's had a lot of problems with customer service fulfilling these redemptions, um, and it's in in a lot of and I've seen times where there was where the redemption didn't get uh, redeemed, and they gave something like a total lesser value to uh, to cover not being able to meet their redemption. It's crazy. I I hadn't heard from. I sent emails and everything. I finally heard from them about a month and a half ago. Uh, we haven't heard from you. Blah blah blah. Where you know, you know, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna send you something, uh, something else. I said, no, I want that card. Yeah. And then, then all of a sudden, I started getting emails. 
uh, saying that we haven't heard from you. We're canceling the whole thing. I said, what? I, I responded immediately. And, the, and like they were sending emails like 1130 at night or on Christmas Day just to try to make sure it make you not get the card. So it's crazy shit like that that really upsets me. Yeah, it, you know what? It, it really screams of class action suit. Someone's going to bring on a, a suit against these guys because, um, you know, they, it, they, they're doing the old, um, what is it, bait and switch, right? Right, yeah. They're like, oh, you can have you can have this great shiny uh, diamond, but oh, we don't have the diamonds anymore, so we're gonna we're gonna give you a pack of uh, chocolate chip cookies instead. That's you know that's that's comparable. Yeah, it's but as, but as collectors, I don't know what our recourse is. What's what what's the recourse? Just we can kick and scream, right? But I mean, you and I have a a, a venue to to yell and to, to get something done i would think but you know so some guy that's sitting out in montana that is waiting for his stuff is just shit out of luck right basically yeah so i i don't i don't know the answer I, you know we we, we collect because we love this stuff and they're collecting they, they're they're looking at it as a business and they don't honestly give two shits about you as the individual collector honestly that's absolutely right yeah you hit the nail on the head, my friend. Yeah, so it's either we don't we stop buying the new stuff, or or we you know we just stick to to the vintage stuff, and and I don't know, you know, it, it, there's got to be a, a a better recourse. It's the you know it's you, you can't uh, boy you know when the when baseball goes on strike, everyone's oh I'm going to boycott. I'm not going to watch the games, but they come back and two weeks later, everyone's watching games again. So, you know, I don't. I don't know what what our our answer is to to get the companies to care and maybe fanatics being the only player in town so to speak maybe they will uh have a better better mousetrap I, I don't know yeah hopefully i mean the way the way the rate it's going i don't even know if i'll be alive to get this card <laughs> <laughs> no i know seriously but I don't, well kidding aside you know uh if i miss an email from responding to them they'll say oh you didn't respond. We just figured you didn't want it anymore. Right. And this is this is Jason Dominguez, who hasn't done squat and is, is a 20-year-old kid. Well, by the time I by the time I get the card, who knows? He'll probably have been traded three times. No, I know. But I'm just saying cents. the prob the pro, you know, imagine the problems of, of uh replacing the Babe Ruth autograph, because I'm sure they don't have a Babe Ruth autograph just sitting there in their in their in their prize closet, right? Yeah. And cut Ruth autographs since they since they had, since they probably bought it have gone up tremendously. Right. So I I don't I don't know I don't know the answer. It's just uh, just just uh, kick and scream and be as loud as you can, I guess. And hopefully we'll we'll get something done. I mean, I've talked. I haven't talked to anyone from Panini in about uh, I don't know six months, but maybe I'll try to get them on. I'm sure they're they're really jumping at, at the the shot of uh me calling them to come on and, and explain what what's going on but you never know uh, and on another note <clears throat> you know i'm going after the nba 75 yeah how are we doing on that well i got my carmelo anthony card that's beautiful i got a nice uh, dennis rodman 88 flair psa encapsulated nice uh, i got a really nice Kawhi leonard encapsulated card uh, my son picked up a Dwayne Wade, so I'm down. Uh, Who are you down to? Uh, I, oh, I got Damian Lillard. I got. No, I'm sorry, my son got Dominique Wilkins. I'm down to eight. But and who are they? 
Steph Curry, Tim Duncan, Kevin Durant, Durant, uh, James Harden, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Russell Westbrook, and the Greek Freak. Okay. You should be able to get those. Most of those guys are up there. The LeBron one, I'm having trouble finding one that's not like uh, $5 million, it seems like. Yeah, I'd... And, and he's he's kind of weird. He's kind of slipped through the cracks in terms of signing, right? Because Michael Jordan has has his day, and you know Bird and Magic and all the other great retired guys have been signing. But LeBron is never never really grabbed hold of signing. And I, I don't has he has he done signings? I haven't seen a signing on him recently. Only time I've ever seen him at a signing, he did a book signing at Barnes and Noble, oh, probably about five ten years ago. Yeah, I got um Kevin Dar Kevin uh Garnett's book when he was, you know, he he had a new book that was out last year, I guess, and I I I purchased an autograph copy of that, but the autograph is not the greatest. He doesn't have the great handwriting. Yeah, it's not not a not a great autograph. Actually on him, <clears throat> I had bought a few years ago. He's not a nice guy in person either. I understand that, which is kind of weird because he's been, you know, he's he's really been in the limelight since he was in high school since he was a kid you would have thought he would just gravitate towards it but i mean i have an old card of his uh, one of those uh rookie cards the signature yeah. rookies yeah and when he was at farragut academy so signed in 1995 where he wrote kev with a dot ga line ett so he could read it nice yeah. it's, he has a really horrible signature it's really just a scribble honestly I, I i gotta tell you these basketball guys handwritings if they if they had to go back to school and penmanship was the number one category for them they would be failing big time yeah i was watching alvin i alvin i adam alvin alvin iverson at the national signing and he he could have the worst signature i've ever seen well, folks out there, I just want to let you know that Jeff Baker's handwriting isn't exactly great. And it's it's better than Iverson's. Really sucks. It's better than Iverson's. <laughs> well, my handwriting is not that good either. But if I take my time, as my bank teller told me, "Wow, I could read this one." I said, "Well, see, every now and then I surprise you." Very cool. Well, um, you you know what we were talking uh, earlier? You picked up a, a a nice collection of autographed baseballs. Uh, why don't you let everyone know about that story? Well, thanks to our listeners and all the Google reviews, uh, five-star Google reviews that people have left me. If anybody wants to leave me more Google reviews, very, very, I appreciate that. I get a call from a local person, an elderly man that used to be a dry cleaner in LA and is friends with a former major league umpire. So, uh, he tells me, you know, I was going to meet him. And he said, he'll bring it. Then he said, I went to his house. So I go to his house and I take a look at the baseballs. And most people put them in bags or boxes or have or have cubes or circular holders. What do you think this guy put put about 70, 68 baseballs in? I, 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 know, I know the answer, but <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, it. it it was probably the most hysterical thing I've ever seen. I go into the man's kitchen, sitting on the real round table, and he takes them out and he shows me. I said, really? They're all in, for those of you that don't remember, 
when when you and I were kids in the 70s and 60s, 70s and 80s, you'd buy pickles in these big, big pl- glass and plastic jars. Yeah, you see them still. You still see them at the delis and sometimes yeah. at the supermarkets. But you don't see them being sold on shelves. This guy no. had, the, had the actual pickle jars filled with baseballs. So I'm going through the baseballs, and there's one of them that he can't open. It's in a plastic one. So he, I say, why don't you just get like a like a hedge opener or something? So he takes out a small scissors, takes out a little knife, then he takes it, and I said, throw it on the floor. Throws it on the floor. The, the baseballs are stuck together. Okay, <laughs> so. He finally takes a hacksaw out and he's by the kitchen sink hacking it. And I got to tell you, it had to be one of the funniest things I've seen in years. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever laughed so much buying a collection. And the, and the guy was like a wonderful man. We've become friends since. And I just said to him, I said, uh, <laughs> I said, if you don't mind, I got to tell people this. No one's going to believe me. I sent it to my son, my wife. I sent it to some friends. It's just unbelievable how you know he he told me he had them in cubes and holders but he needed to save space so if he can put them in pickle jars and so i mean which unfortunately awesome. a lot of the baseballs assigned personalized to this guy's name which was bill and a lot of them got heavily toned so that's the big problem but there are some decent names in there there's there's a nice ted williams there's sadat oh there's vince scully so there's some good ones in there along with the the ton of them that are personalized. So when you buy a collection like this list, you go in and uh, send them into JSA or, or, or uh, Beckett or somebody to have them all authenticated. Is that what you do? And then, and then sell them that off from there? Well, right now, if you go on Facebook, you <clears throat> look up Les Wolf on Facebook, you'll see that I posted a bunch of them that are personalized. <clears throat> Only because I don't, you know, I don't know when the next time I'm going to see JSA. I mean, that's the problem. You got to, you know, you got to wait and wait and see. I mean, PSA, forget about it. They don't, they don't really travel much. You got to drive to them, which is two hours, drop right. off, and, no, you know, wait and wait and wait and wait. At least JSA, you, you, you know, you meet them at a show. They'll give them back at this show maybe a couple hours later. And you just got to wait six to eight weeks to get the letters. So, you know, they're, they're a lot more customer service friendly than any other other authentication companies. And, and I, th- I think the world of Jimmy Spence. How how much does a personalization affect the value of, of a, an item? Like I'm, you know, I'm sure. Just say Joe Jackson, who hasn't sold, a, doesn't have a lot. It doesn't really matter if it's made out to somebody. But I'm sure, you know, Ted Williams has got to be tens of thousands of Ted Williams balls out there. Is a Ted Williams ball not personalized? Worth Actually, the Williams ball in this collection is not personalized. But it's funny. I just sold a. I had a Mickey, I had a Roger Maris ball, beautiful Giles ball, side panel. To Michael, best wishes, Roger Maris. And underneath it, it's got Mike Shannon. So, but I discounted it. And long behold, a guy named Michael bought it. Yeah. So, you know, you get lucky every now and then. I mean, this guy's collection is Bill, but some of them assigned to Bill and some assigned with his full name and his last name. But it is what it is. So how much is it discounted? Is it 10% discounted, 30% discounted off of a, a, a it all depends. It really all depends on the scarcity of who who the player is. You know, okay. if, it, if it's someone that, you know, that you can't you know, have a trouble, like a Vince Scully, you know, that's a tough single sign ball. 
and it happens to be a vintage one. So that makes it more more uh, desirable. But yes, okay. it does reduce the value. It's on a, this one happens to be on a Feeny ball. Most of these balls are on Feeny. So people want that. You know, they want the vintage balls. And if they have to get it personalized, you know, they, they don't have a choice in the matter, really. Right. Some people will bite the bullet. Well, speaking with Les Wolf, Les Wolf is, of course, from Les Wolf Sports LLC. He, you can go to leswolfsportsllc.com uh, and find all. He has tons of stuff for sale, um, autograph memorabilia. And then Les was featured in this month's Sports Collector's Digest. Yes, what thank I you. Say? I had this phenomenal writer. I don't. I, don't think <laughs> I forgot his name. I think his name was... Uh... Was it Dick Young or was it uh, no? Dick Young is gone. Uh, what's it? I can't think of his name. Uh, yeah, that's he, right. I I wrote the article for 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 my friend Les, and we we, uh, we had a we had talked great stories about Mickey Mantle and Muhammad Ali and all sorts of fun stuff. And you can learn all so how Les got into uh, autograph collecting, and, and it's the Les Wolf story. So make sure you check that out this month. Sports collectors. Digest, which just dropped the other day, right? Last two, couple of days ago. Yeah, I just got it a couple of days ago. Yeah, and it, it'll be a if long time as well. Do, or, if, or if you're in the in your bathroom and you you're doing your your business in the bathroom, it makes interesting reading. There you go. <laughs> All right, pal. Anything else you want to talk about before I let you go? Um, if anybody needs any baseballs, and the name is Bill, you know, let me. Know. <laughs> I, got, I got a bunch of them. He's got and a bunch of personalized baseballs. It's even better. Yep. So check it out. Les Wolf LLC, Les Wolf Sports LLC.com. He is on Facebook. He is on uh, e, uh, uh, Instagram. No, no, you're not on Instagram. You're on, yeah, uh, on. eBay. On Instagram, Twitter. LinkedIn, Twitter. He's everywhere. Facebook. Where, where, if you can think of a place to, to post me, I'm posted. All right, send Les an email, buy some stuff from him, keep 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 him uh, off the streets. Les, thanks, buddy. I think we'll give you next week off, and then we'll talk to you in two weeks. No, to I don't want to, okay. you know. Oh, I mean, you want to keep going? Yeah, I'll keep going. Let's go. All right, we'll get you next week. Guys, if you have any questions for Les, if you have something that you think you might want to have appraised, or if maybe check the authentication on something, send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com and if we use your question on the air we'll send you a prize i promise so or, or if you have a collection you want to sell or you have a question collection you want to sell reach out to less all right buddy we'll talk to you next week then thanks thank you always right, a pleasure. Have a good week. i'll talk and to you later thank you for spending the time wasting your time writing an article about me <laughs> you're welcome be good bye bye let's go right into should we give something away? Is it time yeah, why not? Away, Drew? Yeah, I think we got some stuff there. All right. We got some stuff to give away, guys. Uh, I have um, three five by seven autograph uh, pictures, color pictures to give away. These are from our friends at 757 shows. Uh, I, it, uh, this one is, uh, I got Jesse Barfield, Butch Husky, and uh, one other guy. I might even throw in a couple extra ones on this one. So uh, we'll clear clear out our five by sevens. If you want to win uh, three, three five by seven color autograph photos, just send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com.
put in 757 if uh, as the the subject line. If you've entered this contest, we, we gave some away a couple weeks ago. If you've entered this contest before, you don't have to send another entry. I'll put your name in as an entry. If you So if you've already entered for the previous uh, contest, uh, you will be entered as well. So, But if you want to enter, send an email to Tom.yahoo um, at castttm. I mean, uh, <laughs> ttmcast at yahoo.com. There you go. Just put 757 in the subject line, and we'll announce the, the winners on next Saturday's show. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. All right, guys, it's time for a little Collector's Corner. We're joined by Jarrett Leahy. Jarrett is uh, a super Boston Celtic collector. We're going to talk a little Boston Celtics collecting with Jarrett. How welcome, Jarrett. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I uh, appreciate uh, being on the show. Well, you know, Jared, sometimes I have to do a lot of research to to interview a guest, but you, not so much. <laughs> You're right in my wheelhouse, if you know what I mean. Uh, you being from Boston and I originally from the area, we certainly share a lot in common. You know what, Jared, uh, you know, you've been, you know, when you, when I talk to uh, a lot of collectors, especially super collectors, um, you know, they have been doing it as long as you. You've been, you've been collecting Celtics memorabilia uh, basically your whole life, right? For the most part, yeah. Uh, since I was a uh, younger younger man, I uh, started collecting Celtics uh, back in my teenage years, and um, and 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 really uh, took to it and set the goal to try to get into Beckett. You know, it was uh, back then the, the Super Collector of the Month was certainly a uh, a pretty prestigious honor amongst the hobby. Uh, Beckett was obviously the one of the top publications out there, so I it was my goal as a youngster to try to create a collection that was worthy of maybe getting in there. And so, um, yeah, if you guys don't know, Jared, Jared was named uh, Beckett Super Collector in 2001 when he was in college. So he's been been doing uh, being a super collector of Celtics memorabilia uh, way back since he was a kid. And uh, it's really opened a lot of doors for you, no? Uh, it has. Um, you know, it's just uh, I've met a lot of people in the hobby um, and I've, I've experienced a lot of things uh, trying to find uh, various pieces for the collection. Um, and, and so I've uh, I certainly enjoyed being part of this hobby for so long. Um, it's been interesting to see it change over the years. Uh, you know, I, I, I stayed part of it in one form or fashion since the late 90s. Um, I kind of stepped out of the card section of it for a while there, and I kind of missed out on a lot of the, 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 the dawning of the, the patch cards, the relics, and the, and the grading cards. So when I stepped back in about eight years ago, it was... Uh, quite eye-opening to see what I had missed out on uh, only doing autographs um, and so it's been a fun last eight years kind of get caught back up and unfortunately my, my bank account doesn't say so but I've enjoyed it. Uh, basketball fun. cards are a little different than baseball and football cards right because it was there was kind of a, a big gap right and from when top started there was they they they, they started they had it in the 50s and they stopped and, and didn't start again until 60s and then they stopped again, what, in about 91 or 92, right? right. And then all, all the other uh, ancillary, the hoops, and, and now Panini uh, has been involved. It's, it's kind of a weird uh, portion of the, of the hobby to collect, don't you think? It is an unusual hobby, you're right. They had the, the 1948 Bowman set, then the 57 tops, 61 Fleer, 69 tops. Uh, they had a run there for a while. They were tops, and then obviously they had their break uh, that Star Company filled in. Uh, which is a shame during the height, you know, as, as Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and, and then obviously Michael Jordan were coming in, there was no official NBA cards there for five years. Uh, and so you kind of kind of get some weird, weird rookie cards, uh, guys in the you know, 1969 top set that have been playing in the league for eight years. 
Uh, you know, they, they certainly don't look like rookies on their cards, but it is what it is. And so you, you kind of accept uh, what the hobby, uh, I guess, has agreed to as it being a rookie card or not. In fact, sometimes I question why some are considered rookies of that set and some aren't uh, in any one of those sets when they have a, a large gap. But uh, it's it's fun. And being a Celtic collector at least gives me the opportunity to collect from 1948 to now in terms of uh, the history of the sport and the history of the, of the basketball card hobby. So it's uh, I've got cards that are very old to to current day. Um, do you, you have every Do you have every Celtic card? Do you think? Oh, no, no, nowhere close. And that's and that's where I differ from. You know, I I, I listened. In fact, this morning I listened to your Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, super collector, and obviously you see the ones online with Wade Boggs and Ricky Henderson, and and uh, I'm not well. I'm not quite as um, uh, vast anymore much of my memorabilia collection is uh back at the parents place in new hampshire uh they're uh, they're inside a giant tupperware boxes um you know, I, I live with my lovely girlfriend of 11 years and i'm i'm kind of relegated to the back we call it the habedfist the hobby room slash bedroom slash office <laughs> uh, so I, i'm kind of limited in space so i can't really um spread out quite as much as i did back when i was a kid and and so uh, but it's it's still been fun, and and I try I've I've kind of uh, come up with uh, a couple of of different things I'm going after uh, through autographs, greater rookies, and and the patches now that that have really um, got me going. So no, I don't have. I mean, I've, I was in the other day, you know, I found the used uh, trading card database TCBB or whatever it is to kind of yep. stuff. Not you know, I've got just under seven thousand Celtics, but a lot of them are dupes from back when I was a kid. Sure. Uh, and like I said, I hadn't I hadn't bought a lot of cards uh for about a 10-year period there i was buying autographs you know i love that they had certified autographs and packs but that's the only thing i was searching for to keep, keep the autograph collection going there while i was uh being a young adult um and so i'm not quite as uh high as a lot of these other collectors like i can't even fathom what 123,000 ken griffey juniors look like no um, i know or where you would put it i mean that's just um that certainly stopped me in my tracks when he when he when you asked him you know 101 no it's 123 now i'm like Oof. all right all the more power to you big guy so yeah like i said my collection isn't quite as vast as some but uh it's it's still as passionate and, and i've got um i think i've got some pretty good stuff well what's nice is there's not uh you know a hundred thousand different celtic cards out there that's right true. that's true there's, yes there is kind of a finite number do you Although like the, do you like the star company cards was that something you were, you were into i'm uh i'm growing to appreciate them uh, i still don't know quite all the history in terms of what to look for uh in terms of anything that could be um considered uh, a reprint or whatever um i'm one of the things i do is i try to get i'm trying to get graded rookie cards of every boston celtic that has one uh and now P a psa graded rookies i should uh, specify and so i'm happy to hear that psa has finally opened up that and they're starting to grade star cards Many people are excited about obviously the Akeem Olajuwans and the and the Charles Barkleys and Michael Jordans, and I'm excited about the Rick Carlisles and Greg Tights of the world uh, yeah. trying to get those graded because you know right now the Greg Tight rookie card currently is the 1989 Hoops, uh, and this to say Greg Tight was around a lot longer than uh, before 1989. So if I can get uh, one of his star cards graded uh, and have that as a PSA uh, rookie card, then I, I'll certainly be more interested in it. So. Now you have there's a PSA set registry link that you sent me of the Celtics rookie cards. When we sell say Celtic rookie cards, it goes anywhere from Dominique Wilkins who played a, uh, a couple of seasons to the Celtics and Artis Gilmore who played a season to a guy like John Halicek who played his whole career with the Celtics. Right. Is that a is that a finite list that, uh, that is on in the registry? It is not. It was something that I um, 
I built as kind of a companion set to the autographs. And I guess we'll get into those a little bit. Uh, and it was something I, at one point, I, I, I guess I still hoped at one point to get them to put in, but uh, with the PSA shutting down so many of the, you know, the sets that you can submit as possible uh, kind of got pushed by the wayside. Um, but yeah, like I said, if for me, you know, some to only collect Celtic cards when it comes to that, if, the, if it's a rookie card played in a Celtic uniform at one point, I'd like to have a graded rookie of it. So uh, my last count is, you know, obviously there's just under 500 Celtics in the history of the franchise. And I think I have 354 of them that have some, some rookie card. So, uh, of those, I have 295 uh, graded, uh, a rookie card graded, and I try to get the what the hobby considers the best. So, I mean, uh, obviously in the early to mid 90s, uh, you're looking at either uh, upper deck or finest. You know, as the as the hobby moves on, then they switch over to Topps Chrome and SP Authentic, uh, and then it went back to Chrome before moving over to Panini Prism. Obviously, is is the king rookie now in terms of the base card. So I, I try to get the one that the hobby recognizes. Uh, with the hope that one day, if I can get it in the set registry, um, it'll be something that someone else may go after. But um, it's just something I personally do. Uh, when I started this all with the magazine, I, I created a database, and my goal was to try to get autographs of every Boston Celtic uh, player and head coach. Uh, and when I started getting integrated cards, I thought, you know, why, why not do the same thing with rookie cards? Uh, kind of a companion set to that. And then in the last couple of years, I finally gave in to these Mattingly glorious uh, relic cards, the patch cards. So I tried. I'm trying to get a, a game used patch, preferably or relic of every Celtic Boston Celtic that has one. Now that one is specific to Celtics. I don't. I don't collect uh, relic cards of non. It's a non-Celtic patch. I want it to be Celtic. Um, and with only being about 25 years old in terms of what they are in the hobby, there's only about 95 Celtics that have it. So uh, that one was pretty quick to, to get them. And now I'm just kind of upgrading when I when I. I see better ones um, like this. The that Jojo White I bought the other day was uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, I saw that there. Jojo White was a, was a champion. Was it a championship uniform? Cut I, so this is a Topps 2007-2008 uh, uh, Letterman, and it is his E off the nameplate. Um, and I don't know if you are familiar with the Wax Museum podcast, but uh, Kyle, who runs that, is very uh, he likes to research where the patches come from. And based off of all of his research, he believes that Pops purchased uh, at auction. Uh, at one point, Jojo White, I guess, sold a bunch of his stuff. And then in the mid-2000s, they bought a 1976 NBA Finals jersey. Uh, and, he, and according to Kyle, he believes that those, that's what they used in all of the 2007-2008 Pops products uh, for all the Jojo White relics. And, and so I've got no reason to not believe him. And, and it fits the timeline of when that jersey was auctioned off. And so um, if that's the case, and this is the E off of a jersey that he wore winning the 1976 NBA Finals MVP. So it's, uh, it's uh, a piece that I'm, I'm happy to own. And it's certainly I don't think I can top it. You know, I'm always looking to upgrade just the best patch I can afford for each player. And I'm not sure uh, I can find a better one than the E off of that jersey. So. No, I know you've met Bill. You met Bill Russell before he passed at a, at a show. Um, yeah. Did you? And I saw that he raffled. He raffled. He auctioned off a lot of his memorabilia prior to him passing. Did you get bid on anything? No, the stuff he was putting uh, putting out the time. I, I I certainly didn't have the funds to uh, play in that in that ballpark. I'm, I'm a, a middle school math teacher, so I have to be pretty selective sometimes of what I'm what I'm trying to get. Um, I, I play the games when it comes to. I, I'll get a, a nice uh, what I call hobby credit card. Uh, that gives me 18 months, same as cash or interest free. And 
that's what I used to get some of the bigger purchases over the years. But um, yeah, that one, I, I, I certainly would have loved to have had one of his championship rings or, or one of the jerseys or whatever else. But uh, yeah. that's that's playing in a whole different ballpark for me. Uh, be, be, being out of the area, has it been harder for you to acquire uh, Celtics, new Celtics stuff? I mean, obviously, in the age of Internet, you know, that opens up other avenues. But for the most part, yes, as I, I told you or in our kind of pre-conversations, I, I went to the Dallas Card Show this Saturday. Uh, and and walking around, it's you know, you just you have to expect not to find much. And and then and I found some little things here and there, um, but you know, not being in the East Coast, it just kind of you just accept the fact that in person, at least, the card card shows or card, uh, you know, the occasional uh, card shop, you're not going to find much of what you're looking for. And then obviously for myself, I'm I'm looking for pretty specific things at this point, so it'd be even more rare to catch my eye or, or have something that, that I'm in need of in this area. So internet is certainly the, my friend when it comes to a lot of these, uh, and, and for better or worse, it's getting even wider and wider with PWCZ pulling off on their own little thing and, and, and ComC having theirs. And it's the, you know, so there's a lot of places to look for better or worse. So yeah, I certainly track down my fair share online. Who is the white whale in terms of Celtics autographs that, that are really difficult to obtain? <sighs> Right. Well, and I've got a, a side story for this list. I'm going to share it with you that, that deals with your contributor, Les Wolf. Um, I, I've had this list going since about 1998, and there are, well, now 11 names. I'll tell about that story too, but there are 10 names at the time that I have been looking for for 25 years. Wow. Of course, all of these are, you know, they're not the big names. This is like a Benny Clyde, Norm Cook, um, and Nate Driggers, who played in 96, and I've never seen him since. Bob Duffy played in 1946. Mel Hirsch, uh, Chuck Hofer, and Jerry Kelly also played in 1946. Mo Mahoney, Dick Murphy, Sk Lucian, Skippy Whitaker. And so I've had these 10 names going for 25 years, uh, and I, I hold out hope. And actually, I have a lead on a, on a Mo Mahoney. Uh, about five years ago, I stumbled across his obituary, and they had the, you know, the children you know, in, in the obituary. And I found it, one of his sons on Facebook. I sent him a Facebook message saying, you know, I'm a 34 year old teacher. I've been putting together this autograph collection for a while, still trying to track down your dad. Uh, and I kind of forgot about it. And then over the holiday break, I kind of clicked on Facebook and when you're not friends with someone, they put messages to the side. I can yep. always check over there. And so I clicked over there and I see this, yeah, my dad died 2008. And I'm going, what message is this? So I clicked on it and it was the son. And he responded five years later. It happened about seven weeks ago. And he's like, wow. I'm out of the country. I'm out of the country. Uh, I got your message. Um, if I get, when I get back, I'll see what I can do to help. And I was like, wow. And of course I'm reading what I sent him and it says, I'm a 34 year old teacher. And I'm going, well, I'm turning 40 next month. So this is almost, <laughs> and so just, you know, you just never know. And, you, and that's how random they can be when it comes to trying to find some of these more obscure ones. So uh, I'm hoping, you know, that may be one of the, the 10 or now 11 that I can check off the 11th one. I bought a couple of autographs a long time ago from a collector I bought from, and one of the three by fives was mislabeled. And the signature was obscure enough for me to think it was David Thirdkill. And uh, um, one of the longtime collectors pointed out and said, I don't think that's Thirdkill. Uh, and he pointed, he named another name, and I looked, I compared it to the autograph I had, and I went, You're absolutely right. You know, it's one of those when they're in the binders, you know, you don't tend to look at them a lot. So you just assume you had David Thirdkill. And so now, I sent him a, through the mail about a couple months ago uh, trying to uh, remedy that problem, but I haven't heard back from him. I'm not sure if you know whether he's on that list of TTMers or not. Um, fingers yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I was going to ask you, who are some of the Celtics that you've gotten through the mail? 
through TTM? Well, that's when I started this off. I mean, uh, you know, that was the first avenue. And and as a child, you know, I you, you come across uh, Harvey Harvey Meiselman. Is that the name? Yeah. So you buy the list, and and you know, the first it was funny. The first hundred came in pretty easy. I'm sure you can imagine. I mean, it, it just it was uh, as as a, as a young boy or a young man. It was it was fun to open the mailbox and find Sam Jones and Bob Cousy and just these names over and over again of just man, this is awesome. Um, and so yeah, the a majority of them, you know, uh, of the names that you would think of answered, you know, Bill Sharman and, and Tommy Heinsohn and Cedric Maxwell, and it was fun. Uh, you know, in fact, I would spend um, during my uh, study hall hours when I didn't have anything to do in high school, I would write a form letter, leave the name blank, and I'd just say, dear blank, my name is and I'd write it out, sign it. I have a whole page full of them, so when I wanted to send letters, I just add their name to the top and put stuff in and send and so it you know obviously as time goes on the the names don't come in as fast and, and then you have to kind of go to different means and, and different avenues to try to track them down um and so yeah i'm down to 15 uh or 16 i guess and it's 16 more and some of them are newer ones broderick thomas played for the celtics a couple years ago Devonte greens on the bulls i've sent him a letter to chicago and haven't heard anything um jonathan gibson uh, is actually graduated uh, from my alma mater, New Mexico State, played for the Celtics for a few games. There's one by the name of Oliver Lafayette who played for the 2010 Celtics. And I still, I've, I've opened up a couple of businesses and I've sent letters to, to both businesses to hear nothing. And I, oh, I don't know if he just doesn't answer fan mail or if I've got the, somehow the wrong Oliver Lafayette, but I'm, I'm still hanging in there that I can get him. But I found him every which way. Um, I want to know one of the other, I, I joined uh, that podcast the the wax museum and one of the ones that was random i came across a website a guy was selling um vitamins and he had a little honor page on the back of it uh the website dedicated to his dad al brightman who played on the 1946 47 celtics and i sent him a message and said you know i'm looking for an autograph uh for this collection and he sent it to his his mom and they found a a signed dry cleaning slip you know a little three inch by one and a half inch beautiful signature like i'm sorry i don't have any better i'm going ma'am i i promise you i'm beyond giddy to find this after however many years i've been lurking for it so every once in a while you just never know and actually i appreciate your your uh the ones where you tell about the death you know who died that week yeah for the burn rat minute yes yes i appreciate that uh because one of the early ones i sent was to a gentleman by the name of john hazen uh and he had died a couple months before i sent the letter and his wife was kind enough to send me two signed canceled checks. You know, at the time I'm 16, 15, it didn't even dawn on me to look to see if it had passed. I just, you flip through the Meisman list and oh, here's the name and you write it out and send it. And she was kind enough to do that. So I sent her a little Christmas card and thanking her for doing that because, you know, she didn't have to. And so I still have one of those checks. The other one is I, uh, I traded to another autograph collector who sells, collects autographs from Celtics. So I figured I might as well pass that along to someone else who would actually appreciate a John Hazen uh canceled check uh, there aren't many of us out there <laughs> how, how do you display your your uh your autographs and your your stuff do you have a, a man cave with all your, your stuff I, in, a, in, this, in frames or in this back room the autographs uh uh you know you know all in, are pretty much in binders I mean for as much as I've had to travel it's hard to display them and with, I'm coming up on 500 different and then I've obviously I've got three binders worth of, of extras and letters and whatever else. So they're all in binders. Uh, within this room, I have some, I have a, like a, like a China cabinet that has my really nice graded rookie cards, uh, the Russells, the koozies, that kind of stuff. Uh, for a while there, I had also displayed next to it in a little case of the rookie cards, but that became a bit overwhelming. So I've got kind of a, 
a box you can kind of slide through and look at them. I do have a, I was, just, I was hoping to get this camera working right over my shoulder. I've got the patch wall. Uh, I got permission from my better half. So I'm like, I'd like to use the back wall for patches. And I don't know if she knew exactly what she was agreeing to. <laughs> what uh, she signed off on. What she signed up for. But I have an entire wall full of flawless patches and national treasures. And uh, I want, you know, at least one for each player that has it. So it, it's, uh, it's fun to come in and see them every day. And sometimes I'll go in just to kind of stare at them. Um, like I said, the patch collection has been kind of the latest addition to it and, and i've found some really great ones and obviously right now flawless seems to be king so within this goal my goal was to try to get a uh, a game use patch of every celtic that has one and i've got 31 of the 34 so one day i i know I, and you still need al horford which isn't going to be hard to find just it's hard it's hard to find them at the right price at the moment uh and i still need avery bradley and ray allen and both of those had a 2014-15 flawless uh celtics patch Everyone else I have, including this, where I wish you had the camera, I have this Pete Maravich number to seven. Nice. Uh, beautiful patch, and it's a uh, part of the number, and, and it kills me I can't show you or share it with you right now. Um, yeah, I've got I've got some beautiful patches, and and then in the, in the far left corner, I have my D. Brown rookie card wall. Um, my favorite card as a child was the 1990 Fleer update D. Brown, uh, and so um, I'm sure you're familiar with four sharp corners. They are famous for getting – uh yeah do you like the d you do like the upper deck d brown when he's sitting on the the uh the net of course yeah those those 91s 92s especially stuff you know they've uh you know they've got the his d his uh slam dunk contest winning photos those are amazing and actually uh, i i've started getting uh, i don't know if you're familiar with the card art what's happening recently in the hobby where people are making custom cards and and selling on instagram i i have now 14 uh, I've been doing card art recently where I get in touch with an artist and I say, you can design anything you want, use whatever medium, all I want you to do is use the D Brown slam dunk contest photo. And so it's the same card designed 14 different ways from 14 different artists. And as I post more, I've, in fact, I had an artist just the other day reach out going, I see your collection. Would you like me to make one too? So it's kind of a snowball effect of each you know card artist is trying to make their own version. And so it's kind of been fun that way. D Brown is a, personal uh i enjoyed him as a child and as i was about to say i've got now 37 uh psa 10 rookie cards so you know back in the day they were very cheap so i would just grab them when i could and there's a, a gentleman who actually lives in the, in the massachusetts area his name is jung ri and i found out he's doing similar things so we have a of a a, a a friendly little rivalry he's got 31 and i have 37 and there are 109 psa 10 so we have 68 of the 109 psa 10s between us that's pretty so, cool however, if I ever want to move them, he'd be the first person I get in touch with because I imagine he'd be interested in buying mine. But it's an entire kind of wall filled with nothing but PSA 10 D Browns. Kind of fun to look at, along with a couple autograph ones. Um, but yeah, uh, D Brown, that's a childhood hero of mine. Right after that uh, slam dunk, he did a little tour around uh, the, the New England area. He came to one of the malls and did a little slam dunk contest. And so it was fun to kind of see him up in person and, and see him see him in action i wish he hadn't hurt his knee back then he was quite athletic there for a while um we're speaking with jared uh, Leahy. jared is uh, a super boston celtic collector he is on twitter at super uh Celt- super celtic it's a celtic super collector thank celtic you celtic celtic super, super collector. collector sorry about that okay. guys follow all the handles are all the handles are all sorts of craziness and i'm, I'm actually on twitter as well and i'm just honest you, you know you couldn't get that many uh words or letters so uh i don't think what twitter is 
it is sell tick and then collector and that's what they would think they only, they only allow me so many letters so kind of the celtic and of the c and the collector is is kind of combined there so um yeah actually the the joining instagram about two years ago has opened up a lot a lot of different avenues and i've met a lot of great hobby people and met some of them you know at card shows since then and um and it's great to have kind of a little uh helping army out there that they know what you're looking for and what you collect and every once in a while i'll get a message going hey this is pub you know posted thank you very much you know you can only look on ebay and other websites for so many hours in a day so it's good to have other eyes out there and so uh, all, any help I can get out there uh, is much appreciated from those that do. And, and I certainly try to send uh, the same my way when I stumble across things they may like. What's your feeling on getting uh, rookie cards autographed? And, it, you know, way back when that no, everyone said, you just don't get your rookie card autographed. I remember that. Card. Yeah, it, but back then, it's changed. Back then I was kind of neutral. It, it, it wasn't a, a, a mortal sin in my eyes to do it. And, and to be honest with you, I wish I had been more active because now, as I'm sure you know, they charge extra. Extra, uh, yeah. And, and so I, I've tossed around the idea of trying to do it. You know, I've, I've got a, an autograph collection. I've got the credit card collection. I've got the patches. I thought maybe doing the, you know, autograph rookie cards too. But seeing how fast that hobby has uh, flourished, I just, you know, financially, I'm like, I, no, no, we're going to just kind of, if I have a great, an autograph rookie card, fine, but I'm not going to be pursuing them. But by all means, in fact, um, I believe is a tiny Archibald that, he still signs but he charges is that correct yep um, correct uh i have a one from my childhood and i'm i'm still debating on sending the 25 or 30 dollars he sends or signs or charges to sign to get that signed um you know because that's what, what what i like about it is you know i've got you know there are some rookie cards out there that aren't in the best of condition but you can almost repurpose them as a palette for an autograph so yep. you know if you see one that's a little rounded in the corners and beat up but it's got a beautiful dave cowan's autograph on it has a better appreciation than if it's just a, you know, now a $5 beat up Dave Towns group. So uh, all the more power to him. And, and, and I, I will say uh, it's, it's crossed my mind a few times on whether I should pursue similar uh, avenues as far as trying to get some autographs signed or rookie cards signed. So. Have you been in touch with anyone from the Celtics or the new England sports museum about your collection and have they shown interest in it? Not so much taking it. When I got in the magazine, I reached out to them um and there was a gentleman matter of fact this is going to lead to something else i'm going to look for uh, a gentleman reached out and he said you know we can get you you know uh, i told him i'm coming to the game i just got in a super part of the year trying to see if you know anything any interest and so uh one gentleman reached out and they interviewed me for it was celtic insider magazine came sure. out once a month and i was supposed to get copies of it this was either january of 2020 oh it's early in the morning either January of 2002 or February 2002. I've never seen the article. Never, never got the copies. I don't know what, if they lost the mail or they forgot to mail them, but I've never seen the, the issue and I've never seen them. So if anyone has a January or February 2002 Celtic Insider magazine out there and wants to part with it, please get in touch with me. I'll certainly purchase it because um, I'd like to read the article of what they wrote. Uh, and then, so when I got there, they had a little pass. And so unfortunately this was post 9-11. So before that, I think they could have maybe gotten me closer to the locker room to meet some guys. But after that, um, I remember they they allowed us to sit in and have a little uh, a drink while the it was in the press room cafeteria or something like that. Uh, and we were in the hallway. He wanted me to meet Randy Brown. Randy Brown, obviously, is also a New Mexico State graduate. I was going to New Mexico State, and he was on the team at the time. Unfortunately, he had 
injured. He was injured and he was doing rehab at the time and couldn't meet, but he was able to get me a signed photo, uh, Randy Brown. And so, and then I, I don't think I was supposed to, but I used the pass to get really close to the bench and get some autographs uh, prior to the game. They just kind of saw the color and kind of shooed me on. So um, I've had a little conversation that way, but in terms of the collection since then, no, um, I'm guessing the only thing they may be interested in is the autographs. Uh, I've got a couple, as, as stated prior, I've got a couple, uh, a gentleman named Bob Gall who passed away in 1959. And I have one, um, his name's Ward Hoot Gibson who passed away in 1957. Um, they came out of, one was an autograph page book and one was uh, out of a, a program. Um, and those are the two of the rarer ones that I have. In fact, when I found those, I thought, well, if I find these two, maybe this is possible. 25 years later, uh, we're still trying to figure that out. But perhaps later on, if I continue this and, and it's all complete, maybe they'd be interested in it or we'll see. I mean, it's something I'm, um, I see I'm only 40. So my plan is to kind of keep this moving as long as I can and, and, and enjoy it. And, um, at one point, I hope to at least say I have them all. There are some out there that, uh, that may be able to help. Uh, the last time I was on a podcast, I had a few reach out and, and they gave me some leads. And unfortunately, uh, I've got a couple signatures that the leads are still looking for. So um, we're kind of all searching for the same ones, I guess. Very cool. Well, Jared, thank you. It's, a, it's great to talk to you. Uh, we're talking to Jared Leahy. Jared is a super Boston Celtic collector. Why don't you let Jared, why don't you let people know where they can follow you on social media and, uh, you know, if they can help you out with what you're, you're uh, some of the stuff you're going after. Certainly, as, as you pointed out prior, my, my uh, Instagram handle is Celtic Super Collector. Um, scroll through, kind of see what I'm looking at, what I'm doing. Um, it's Celtic Collector on, on, on uh, Twitter. Did that recently. And so I'll, I'll repost my autograph want list. In terms of patches, there are two specific. It's Walter McCarty and uh, Vitaly. I don't know. Did he pronounce it Potapenko or Potapenko? Remember what the. Potapenko, isn't it? Okay, I believe so. I'm looking for a 2000 2001 Stadium Club jersey card of. Uh, Vitaly Potapenko and, and Walter McCarty. Those, they're, they're very obscure and I go digging through all the relic boxes I can and never seem to find them. Uh, and so looking for those. Um, and oh, before you let me, I'm, I'm going to have to share the story though. This is from your contributor. Sure, no problem. That's Will. So before I let me go. So 2019 Chicago is the first national I went to and it kind of went through by accident. Uh, we were kind of passing through. So my girlfriend gave me three hours on a Sunday. So as you know, Sunday is kind of a mixed bag of people shutting down. So I show up. I know Les Wolf through reputation, and I have my list. And so I, the second table I walk in, there's Les Wolf. I'm going, here we go. This is going to be it. So I hand him my list. These obscure names I already read off to you. And he looked at him and smiled, shook his head, and he goes, why in the heck would you ever want any of these autographs? <laughs> and I'm going, well, uh, sir, I'm trying to get all the Boston Celtics autographs. And this is the ones I still need. And he kind of went, nodded at me. I mean, it's, I appreciate your dedication and you're not going to find any of these here. And at the time I'm going, I'm at the national. How am I not going to find them? But he was right. I spent three hours going up and down and I couldn't find nothing. I had one or two leaves, but, and it was kind of demoralizing the second table that I met, you know, here's this autograph, you know, legend. And as far as the dealers and he's just looking at me and you're not going to find any of them here. It was just kind of, thanks for the info. So, and then hearing you have that little contributor thing, I'm like, Oh, I know Les Wolf. All right. So uh, who knows, maybe he can help me find them. Um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's been a fun hobby. Um, I've been part of it for the last 25, 30 years in some form or fashion. Um, and I'm happy to see that it's flourishing. It may not be as flourishing as much as some would like it to, like a couple of years ago, but I think it's in a healthy spot now. 
I agree. Well, Jared, no, send me the list and I'll check with Les to see if he has access to any of those guys. All right. I, I, I will certainly do that. And fingers crossed that he maybe has a lead or maybe he's feeling a little more generous and, and, and <laughs> maybe he can find something for me. So, All right, pal. Well, nice speaking with you and, and you. we'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you so much for inviting me. All right. Thanks, Jared. Bye. Bye. Drew, it's time for how about making the grade. Making the grade. Let's talk a little grading community or grading community. Let's talk a little grading news. Well, well, all sorts of new stuff, and we got a new segment as well. Making the grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. 2022 was a great year for CSG. They graded iconic cards, including a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle that sold for $1.25 million at auction. Reviewed more than 1 million cards in less than two years, and they're only getting started. Take advantage of the CSG difference with grading fees 20% off through January. CSG has incredible turnaround times and state-of-the-art holders. Starting at just $12 a card, visit csgcards.com today to experience the difference. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. Uh, first off, some uh, info from CSG. We've you know been talking about their sale they've had going on. They've extended that 20% off sale all the way to the end of uh, January. So you got just a couple days to get that in here until the uh, end of the month there. CSG until cards. Tuesday. I think Tuesday is your last day. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, uh, let's see, 28, 20. Yeah. I think Tuesday would be it. So Hurry up and do that if you haven't done it yet. You're really cutting it close here. But uh, we've got a little bit more about CSG to be talking about here in a minute. We do. Guys, this is our new segment. It's called The Big Three. This week's Big Three is brought to you by Gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at Gemrate.com. I know. The Big Three, that's what we're calling it. It's better than give a card, get a card, give a card, <laughs> get a card. But it's the big three, and the big three is sponsored by our friends at gemrate.com. Uh, what they, what we're going to do is each week we're going to give the top three risers and top three fallers, fallers from the previous week with the three grading communities. So, example, if um, if uh, Wander Franco was, was got a hundred cards graded uh last week and this week he gets 200 card graded then he would be up his the following week he would be a, a riser and conversely if julio franco had 100 cards graded in the following week he only has 50 cards graded well he's going to be a he's going to be a faller so we're going to uh, do the top three rises and fallers from the previous week from the four grading community companies so this is a com compilation so this week the top three rises were this one's kind of surprising bo jackson bo jackson was up 20 percent over wow. last week, uh, Anthony uh, Simmons, Anthony Simmons. Yeah. What? Who is he? How come I don't know him? I don't know. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I don't know anything about him. Okay, Anthony Simmons, a yeah. riser, and Gunnar Henderson from the Baltimore Orioles. He was yeah. a riser as well. Uh, Gunnar Henderson's 2019 Bowman Draft Choice Chrome Prospect Card was one of the risers, and Bo Jackson's iconic 1990 scorecard was up 80%. So a lot of people sending in Bo Jackson cards. Now the fallers, these guys that that had uh, were all the all these people were down 50% compared to the previous week. 
Austin Riley from the uh, the Braves, the uh, Atlanta Braves, Tiger Woods, and uh, Travis Kelsey. A little surprised because of Travis Kelsey because he's still in the playoffs. Yeah, that is shocking. I mean, he's the top. He's probably the top tight end in all of uh, football right now, too. And he's not like you know quite as big of a name as Gronk was, but he's getting close to that. Well, that that's the big three for the week, guys. If you have um, any grading stuff that any grading statistics that you're interested in on us reporting send me an email and we maybe we can add that to our our uh our statistics that we get for from our friends at Gemrate. so thank you Gemrate. welcome to the show we love having you on officially as a sponsor and hopefully you guys enjoy the big three and we'll we'll be bringing you the big three every week from our friends at Gemrate. so we got some uh, we mentioned before we had some info from csg coming and here it is they've got their uh New services and fees effective as of January, what their prices are going to be. January 25th. January 25th. Okay, there we go. So has officially started here uh, this week, but uh, got uh, several different tiers with different maximum values per card and what their fees are. But just a quick rundown on that. Their bulk service, which is uh, up to $250 value per card and a 25 card minimum, that'll be $12 per card at that rate. The economy service will cover up to $500 value per card, $15 on cards for that. Their standard service covers up to $1,000 value per card, $20 per grade uh, card grading on that. Their express service is up to $10,000, $75 is the fee on that. Walkthrough service is up to a $50,000 card value, $200 per, uh, per uh, card fee on that. And their unlimited walkthrough, no maximum value, $1,000 for the grading service there. Very cool. That, that 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 that's nice to see that they that they brought their prices down a little. And yeah, you know the cost when the cost of grading is lower, it's good for everyone. So thank you, CSG. Uh, CSG is offering a uh, ten dollar discount for their membership fee. This is exclusive to TTM Cast listeners. So when you sign up for CSG's membership fee, which is CSG uh, CSGcards.com, right? CSGcards.com is there. I always so. mess up their website. <laughs> yep csgcards.com there you go csgcards.com because i it's a, I, I like go to it just about every day so i don't i don't even <laughs> think about it i yep. just put csg and it's already in my thing right. uh, you get ten dollars off their membership fee uh at csgcards.com uh, and you use the code ttmcast this is exclusive for ttmcast listeners so uh, when you sign up go sign up for csg's membership for us sign do, do it for us guys to yeah. let csg know that you're listening to the show and that that you're you're, uh, you're you're a potential customer for them and you be you get all sorts of benefits as being a member so go sign up you get ten dollars off use the code ttmcast.com boy well, some uh, early grading uh numbers from psa yeah gem rate supplying us with these as well over the last seven days psa has graded two hundred and fifteen thousand. 325 cards, so approaching that quarter million uh, card mark there. Last 30 days, they've hit over a million in that time, 1,072,003 cards that they have graded. True, that's a lot of cards. Imagine going yeah. through 215,000 cards in a week. I, I don't think I could even do that at all. I mean, that's I've got probably about that many cards here ungraded, and if I were to try to sit there and look through every single one of those, it would take me a lot more than a week, we'll just say that. Right. That's good. So um, it's good to see that PSG. When PSG is healthy, that's a good sign for everyone. I think because they are, they have, um, I believe it's seventy five percent of the grading market share. So yeah, um, obviously they 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 are they are they are leading the way. And when their things are going well for them, 
that's that's good trickle down for everyone in the hobby. So that's good to hear. Well, that wraps up making the grade. We're gonna go right into TTM cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. I should get an echo or something for that, don't you know? Yeah, we need yeah, we need, exactly. We need something. <laughs> maybe I'll get one of my. No, maybe we'll, when we have all when we have interview all these people, especially the the former athletes, will like, hey, do you want to do a, do the intro for TTM cast stamp for approval? They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, Drew, why don't you do yours? Because yours is kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, mine, I was going to originally do this last week, and then all stuff happened with my cat. So uh, move this one, my stamp of approval, back to this week, and it is a band called the Baseball Project. I wish that somebody had let me know about this band before this week. Uh, that is made up of three former members of the band REM. It has um, Peter Buck, who played guitar for them. He played bass from the first two albums for the Baseball Project and moved back over to guitar. Mike Mills, who was the bassist for REM, came back into uh, the Baseball Project for their third album to play bass. Uh, it has Scott McCoy, who was a traveling member of the band. He didn't appear on any of the albums, but uh, played all their live shows as an extra guitarist. Plus a member of the Dream Syndicate, Steve Wynn, who does most of the lead vocals on the songs, and uh, his wife, Linda Pittman, is their drummer. But they've done three albums so far in the uh, early, the late 2000s to early 2010s. And all the songs are about baseball. And it could be anything from like, you know, just anything about your own experiences playing baseball. It could be about just, you know, anything in baseball in general. They've got a song about baseball cards. And they vary anywhere from songs about like Big Ed Delahanty, who, you know, died back in what, 1900 yeah. or thereabouts. All the way up to songs about like the 2010 Giants. So, you know, covers all of baseball history there. But it's really great. I listened to all three of the albums a couple of days ago. And yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I really like it and everything. So definitely go and check that out. I mean, it's kind of inspired me. I'm sitting there like, okay, what topics have they not covered that I could possibly write and do songs about? And so I've come up with some ideas there. And if it strikes me, I'll see if I write any of them. But yeah, it's uh, the Baseball Project is the name of it. And it is my uh, stamp of approval. All right, Drew, I'm going to give you, this is this, this is a, a homework for you, not more homework. Yep. Let's, can we get some of these guys on from the Baseball Project as on as a guest? I'll see what I can find. I mean, that would be really cool if I can find a, uh, find some yeah, way to contact we'll promote their music and we'll play it and yeah. uh, we'll talk music. You can, you can even come on and do some of the interview. Yeah, I'll see what I can find there. If I can, uh, I mean, Buck and Mills would probably be the least likely ones because you know, the biggest names out of that whole group there. But yeah, I could see if I can get one of them or something. We'll take the find. drummer. We'll take the wife. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what I can dig up. Yeah, that'd be good. I I, I think I think they would be a good guest. So we're, yeah. we're going to try that. If guys out there, anyone that listens, if you have any connections to the baseball project, if you know any of these guys, let's send, send us an email. Let us know. We'll, we'd love to have them on the baseball project. Good job, Drew. Well, my TTM cast stamp approval goes to what? Food, right, Drew? Food. Of course. It's yes. all, it, it all comes back to what are you eating? How yep. much are you eating and what are you eating, right? <laughs> I just love it. Well, I, I'm sure you've heard, a lot of people have heard of this place and not maybe tried it. It's called Gold Belly, goldbelly.com. And what they do, it's really interesting. They've been advertising late, lately. Um, there's all sorts of um, different foods from, different areas so like if you want a lobster roll from maine they have a place in maine that you can get a lobster roll from or if you want to get um i don't know fry, uh clams from not well yeah no crabs right crabs from rhode island yeah. there's a crab place well we've been doing we've been using this for a couple months now this uh there's a company out of new york it's called Ut utopia bagels 
and they have the best bagels. My wife gets me uh, like three dozen bagels at a time and we get them from Gold Belly. Then it's not cheap. I'm not, you know, this is not a bargain yet, but the, if you want New York bagels, you get New York bagels and they're so good. Uh, so we've been doing that and uh, Chicago pizza. We, she got a deep, she got two deep dish Chicago pizzas right from Chicago. So that's the kind of stuff. So, you know, if, if there's a, a barbecue place in, in Dallas, you know, maybe they have a bar, great barbecue place in Dallas, uh, whatever the, the, that area is famous for you. They have a restaurant that you can order the stuff and they ship it to you. And it comes in like two days and dried ice and all packaged up. And uh, it, it's really good. So go check out goldbelly.com. They have all sorts of stuff. It's not a bargain guys. It is certainly not a bargain. I'm telling you right now, you pay for pay for what you get, but what you get is great. So check that out, goldbelly.com. And I think I'll save my Netflix one for next week. All right, Drew? All right, cool. All right. So that wraps up TTM cast stamp of approval. We're going to do a little Vern Rap Minute next. Drew, why don't you give the intro to Vern Rapp because you do it so well. All right. Well, the Vern Rapp Minute is dedicated to the memory of Mr. Vern Rapp, former ball player and manager. Jeff sent a TTM to him and not knowing that he had already died. So uh, we do this as a service to collectors out there so that you don't make the mistakes that we have made and uh, accidentally send off to somebody who has passed away. So cover deaths in the world of uh, sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anything like that that you might TTM, we try to cover it in here. Right. It, it, it's, it's keeping you from being uh, looking like a big dummy. So I had a big dummy moment that we'll talk about in returns, right. but uh, we lost Billy Packer. Billy Packer, of course, is a famous college basketball analyst. He has been in every final four from 1975 to 2018. Uh, he was a pretty good TTMer as well. Billy, Billy Packer was 82 years old. Uh, just announced this week, we lost Ray Herbert. He actually died back in December, but was not uh, publicized until this week. Longtime pitcher. He was, uh, let's see, from 1950 to 1966. He was with the Tigers, the White Sox, the A's, and the Phillies. He appeared in 407 Major League Ball games, won 104 of them. 1962, he was a 20 game winner, an American League All Star, and got the win in one of the All Star games. It was back in there playing two a year there. Yeah, it was but in the it, second, I believe it was in the second game. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, second uh, All Star game there. He was the winner there. Excellent TTMer as well. I know I got him several years back, but uh, Ray Herbert was 93 years old. We lost former White Sox and Red Sox pitcher Gary Peters. Gary Peters, of course, was a great TTM. Or he was he was Mister. Uh, he was an automatic, right, Drew? Yeah, absolutely. Peters played from 1959 to 1972. He was the 1963 AL Rookie of the Year. I believe he won 19 games that year. He played most of his career with the White Sox up until I think 1969, and he played from 70 to 72 with the Red Sox. Gary Peters was 82 years old. Uh, we lost to uh, Jesse Lamanier this week. He was a linebacker very recently in the NFL. Played with the Lions and the Chargers from 2020 to 2022. He was only 25 years old. Yeah, he only played in 13 games. He was one of those guys that was kind of practice squad back and forth. And, uh, mm -hmm. well, you know, so there's some, you know, we're sorry for for very loss. We lost Brian Perry. Uh, Drew, we keep losing these guys, these WHA guys and, and Oakland former Oakland Seals. Brian Perry was a left winger. He played for the uh, 
California Golden Seals and the Buffalo Sabres. He played for the New York Riders in the WHA, the New York Golden Blades, the New Jersey Knights, and the San Diego Mariners. He played 94 games in the NHL, 145 games in the WHA. He uh, last TTM in 2021, Brian Perry was 78 years old. Uh, we lost Sal Bando this week. Of course, he was one of the uh, baseball greats, played from 1965 to 81. Member of the A's, member of the Milwaukee Brewers. He was later a GM as well. Um, his brother, Chris, of course, was a longtime Cleveland Indian, Sal being a, a Cleveland native himself. Uh, three-time World Series champ as a member of the Oakland A's. Excellent TTMer as well. I know, uh, Jeff, you and I both have uh, gotten him by mail before. And he was actually a former guest on the show. If you want to go back and hear Jeff's interview with Sal Bando, that was season three, episode 15, April 11th, 2021. You can hear that one, but uh, Sal Bando was 78 years old. We lost Lance Kerwin. Lance Kerwin was a star of the, I think it was a, it was a 70s TV show, right? James mm-hmm. at 15. He was the star of that. And he also was a star of Salem Lot. I think in the late 70s, uh, Lance Kerwin was only 62 years old. Uh, we lost a uh, Yoshio Yoda this week. He was uh, played Fuji on the show Mikhail's Navy for anybody who was a fan of that one. Uh, Yoshio Yoda was uh, 88 years old. Yeah, I mean, just to think back, Mikhail's Navy was shot in the in black and white in the mid 60s, and to to think that someone that was still was still alive from the show, I was amazed at that. I you know I remember watching Mikhail's Navy as a kid. He played Fuji, who was the Japanese. Uh, sailor that that kind of worked, served as like the houseboy and 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 he, he was funny he was a funny funny kid uh he was only he was 88 and we all last we lost anton waltz anton waltz was a soccer player he played for the charlotte fc and the atlanta united they were both uh expansion teams and he played on both the expansion teams he did, he passed away uh, as a result of a boating accident he was 25 years old well, Drew, that wraps up um, Burn Rap Minute. Our sympathy and consultants go out to anyone that lost a loved one uh, this past week. We're sorry for your loss. Drew, let's talk a little TTM returns. All right. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. Uh, why don't you take it? You, why don't you do the returns first, and then, then I'll take the I'll take the next. I'll take it after you. All right. Yeah, so I got a total of six in over the past week here, but uh, one of them... Two of them actually have been out quite a while. First one was uh, Taron Vavra. He is an infielder for the Orioles. I was hoping to see him on my road trip this summer, but he got called up to Baltimore, and uh, we had no ability to get him in person there in Baltimore at all, unfortunately. But he did at least return my TTM that I mailed out in December of uh, 2021, so a little over a year that one took. But he uh, substituted out one of the cards and put a different one in, but still I got my Heritage one out of that at least, so very happy to uh, receive that one. Um, I also got Bob Johnson this past week. He was a center for the Bengals back in the uh, late 60s through the 70s. He was a pretty quick turnaround on that. About maybe. What did you get now. him on? Uh, just a couple of cards. I think it was a couple of late 70s cards my friend Chris gave to me. So I basically 50 50 with him. I keep one of those and he'll get one for supplying them to me. Uh, I also got Louis Dampier, a, a basketball Hall of Famer, on his rookie card, which uh, I still have sitting right there. You can. Did he personalize it? Yeah, he did. Yes, did personalize it. Which I mean, that's that's fine. I'll gladly take that. He did put his Hall of Fame year on it, though, so that's uh, that's the big one for me, making sure that I get that on there. Yeah, and he doesn't require a donation. There's not many Hall of Famers nowadays that don't require donations. Right. I uh, also got Keenan McCardell, who is the uh, he's I believe wide receivers coach with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. I sent two to the team for him. 
He, of course, is a longtime wide receiver with the uh, Redskins, the Browns, the Jaguars. May have been a couple of teams. Maybe been with Tampa Bay, I want to say. But at the very least, I know I got him on two Browns cards because when I got him before, it was on some uh, Jaguars stuff. Yeah, he was really good with the Jaguars. Yeah. And, I mean, he, you could see even coming up with the Browns there that he was going to be good. He had like a 700-yard season, another seven-touchdown season, and then they let him walk to uh, Jacksonville. Uh, got Richard Petty back this week. Of course, you know, the greatest uh, NASCAR racer of all time. So uh, he's always a quick response, gives you a great autograph. So very happy to be able to get him. What'd you get and him on? I had two cards that uh, my friend Chris gave me once again. So one of those went back to him. The other one was this. Uh, see if I can find it here, if I have it on hand right by here. At... Yeah, there it is. Got this uh, mini from. Uh... I'm not even sure what set this was from, but uh, one of those minis like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it came out really good. It really looks like Alan Ginter almost, but. Yeah, it's similar to Ginter's, but it's, uh, yeah, I can't, it's, I can't tell what the fine print on here says for what set it was. But, yeah, it's that same kind of uh, style there in the old, like, uh, super small style they had for those ones. And uh, Tom Bodette was the last one that I got. He was, uh, of course, he's a great voiceover artist. You know him from the uh, Motel 6 commercials. Motel 6. And uh, he was on the uh, show Animaniacs. He uh, narrated the Good Idea, Bad Idea cartoons on those. And he's a regular panelist on uh, National Public Radio's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So he's always constantly doing stuff there, but got him through his uh, home address in Vermont on a, a custom index card that I made. So yeah, that's what I got in this week. Uh, in person, I was able to get, uh, saw twice each, uh, Dane Dunning, Josh Smith, and Jonathan Hernandez at some Rangers events. Uh, also Joe Barlow, John King, Martin Perez, and Dave Raymond at the uh, event out in Frisco that those first three were at. Did and you then tell Martin this- Perez that he's a bum? <laughs> I, I, I i held back on that one there. my co my co-host thinks he's a bum <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> but then uh like i said those first three there dunning smith and hernandez also did the uh, appearance that the rangers caravan did here in arlington and uh, brock burke was on that as well so i was able to get all those guys uh, a couple times each on those first three there but nice yeah overall a uh, very well done the rangers have their fan fest today which i'm skipping out on in favor of going to an XFL practice, the Arlington uh, XFL team, the Renegades, I think it is, are having an open practice with autograph signings. So got cards uh, on a whole bunch of guys around that roster. And then I'm um, going to a Rangers event tomorrow, Sunday out in North Richmond Hills. So still plenty ahead here for me as well. Who's a, who's in the XFL? Anyone? Any NFL guys? Uh, yeah, several former NFLers. Uh, Raheem Moore is one of the ones that's there. He played with the Broncos for a couple of years. I'm not going to mention the big play he's known for because it's not good on him. but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Raheem Moore is uh, playing there. Uh, Marquette King, who is a punter for the Raiders and the Broncos, he's out there. Uh, Bob Stoops, former Oklahoma head coach, is yeah. the head coach's team. Uh, Jonathan Hayes, who is a tight end for the Chiefs back in the late 80s and early 90s, is one of the offensive coordinators. The other offensive coordinator is Chuck Long, who, of course, was the quarterback for the Lions for several years, played at yeah, Iowa. Sure. And the defensive coordinators are Tim Lewis, who used to play for the Packers and Packers. the Steelers. And uh, Jay Harris, who is, or Jay Hayes, who is uh, Jonathan Hayes' brother, he was a uh, coach on, I think, like defensive line coach, something like that, the Bengals for a good 15 years or so, and coached several other uh, positional groups and defensive coordinator type stuff with a couple of other uh, pro and college teams. Do they have the team sets that you can buy there? Because they don't. No, I had to go on Sport Lots and find anything I could of these guys from like when they were drafted and all that. Chad Williams is another one. He's a wide receiver for the Cardinals for a couple of years. So I stocked up on cards of him at least. So I've got got a bunch on a lot of these guys. I wouldn't think it's going to be too crowded, especially because if the Rangers are doing their Frank, uh, their their event uh, that same day, yeah. I think it should be able to have free reign, don't you? Probably, if it's anything like the two practices that I went to back in early 2020, pre-COVID, 
as soon as practice ends, they're going to allow us right out on the field. They'll have the players just around hanging out and everything and be able to do everything that way pretty easily. I'm, and I'm hoping they do it the same way for this one. You're going to have to get a hat. Yeah. Get something. Yeah. That'd be cool to get a hat and then have all the guys sign the hat. Yeah, it's a possibility. All right, well, have fun. That's very cool. You got a lot of good returns as well. You're so diverse in terms of your 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 sending out. I'm I'm just like I I pick a set and I just work on like that set for a couple of weeks and then then I go to the other the, another set. So uh, I got a bunch of returns. I, I actually sent out 16 basketball requests yesterday. So I've got a I think I sent out almost 30 this week. So we'll, hopefully we'll get some more come in. But I got uh, six returns this week. I got Roger Mason. Roger Mason was a pitcher. He pitched for seven different teams in 10 years from 1984 to 1994. I got him on his 1986 uh, tops traded card and his 1987 card, both as a member of the Giants. He signed it in blue Sharpie uh, with a Bible verse. And that took a couple weeks. I got Bill Dolly. Bill Dolly was a pitcher, relief pitcher primarily for Houston Astros and the Chicago White Sox. He signed his 86 and 87 tops cards and uh, again those he signed them in blue sharpie and that took a couple weeks i got ken hill Ken hill played for the cardinals and the expos he was a, a pretty good pitcher i don't know if he made the all-star team at all drew but he he was pretty good he did yeah he was i think i want to say like maybe 94 95 somewhere around there i think he was an all-star before he went yeah. to the indians and rangers but yeah he he requires five dollars i sent the five dollar donation he signed his 19 19- to 1992 tops card and a blue sharpie a nice signature i got um i'll do this this guy this one's a big dummy one i'll do i got terry hughes who was an infielder for the cardinals and the red sox i he signed his 74 uh tops rookie card that i had andre thornton previously signed and i just mm-hmm. sent that off to john knox from the tar- the tigers Hopefully he will get it signed. And then when he signs that, I will send it off to Frank White and hopefully we'll complete the, the quads. So I've got nice. ha- half down it, it sent it off to um, John Knox. And uh, Terry Hughes also signed his 1975 uh, tops card as a Red Sox. So that was kind of cool. All right. This is my big dummy move. You ready for this one? All right. So this guy, he, he played was a, I didn't, I didn't send, I didn't mean to send a, a request to them. His name's Jeff Reed. He was a catcher for the Twins, Expos, Reds. He sent me, this is not a card. He sent me a card, 1988 Tops card, and he signed it. But mm-hmm. I was trying to send it to Jerry Reed. Oh, jeez. So I, I sent him Jerry Reed. I sent him two cards from Jerry Reed. And he sent sent me his card, the card back, and uh, he didn't call me a big dummy or anything. But I must have, you know when, you know, you look at the list and it's Jeff Reed and, Je- and Jerry Reed. Yep. Jerry Reed. So I must have hit Jeff Reed and got the his address, thinking it was Jerry Reed's address. So that was I did a- that with I did that with Doug and Dave Raider a few years ago. I tried to send some cards to Doug Raider and came back with a note saying uh, this is Dave Raider's address. I'm like, oh crap! And that one I was writing it with a migraine, so I'm I'm blaming it on that. Yeah, just a big dummy move. So I sent off to Jerry Reed, the pitcher for the Indians and a couple other teams, Seattle. Uh, I sent him off. Yeah, I sent that off yesterday to make up for my mistake. And I thank you, Jeff Reed. If anyone knows Jeff Reed, thank you very much on my behalf. Uh, I got to send him a little thank you card and say, oops, sorry about that. And then lastly, I got Andy Mook, who loves, lives down in your way. He's a Dallas yep. guy now. And he played for the Bruins. I got him on his 1990-91 uh, Pro Set card. Nice. Uh, he signed a nice black black sharpie it's a really a great card these pro set cards are really nice because they're 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 on the white stock yep. so they're really nice to get autographed i think i have like 
eight or nine Bruins uh, pro set cards signed. So I think I might try to work on getting all the Bruins from that, that pro set card. It just happened to be, I saw, I was flipping through cards and I saw that and I was like, oh, I need an Andy Moga. I hadn't sent to him in probably a couple of years. So I got an Andy Moga. It was, it took probably two months to return. I think Andy Moga's pretty good at signing, but usually not that quick. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look through this. I may have, I may have some of those guys from that set who aren't, uh, who aren't TTMers. I used to get a lot of them signed when I was up in Boston. Oh, pull them for me. I'll, yeah. I'll take a look and see what I've got. Yeah. I got, I have eight or nine of them, but like uh, those one guy, uh, I'm trying to think there's one guy that I have to get a Canadian stamp. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. There's a guy that, that signs the, I think it's Ga- uh, Gary Galley, maybe. That might be, that sounds about I right. I think he's, he's, he, I, but I need him and I've been trying to, and then I just been kind of knocking them off here and there. Um, the one guy I want to get, I want to get Bork because Bork, you know, Bork doesn't TTM that often, right? But uh, he's a big signer locally, so I'll sign it. And I sent one off. Uh, I took a shot. I had the Phil Esposito card from that set, and I didn't want to send any money because I didn't really care if it was if I got if I got it for free it was great, but I didn't want to pay for it. Right, so I right. sent it off to him a couple of weeks ago. Give it, taking it a shot. You never know. Sometimes these guys yeah. feel like in a good, they're in a good mood and. It'd be nice to get that one back. Well, as I said, I sent out 15 more this, um, yesterday. I think I sent out over 30 this week. So I got a lot of requests out. And the mail's been kind of slow lately. I don't know about you. Is it slow for you? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I like uh, just this past week, the ones I got there, four of them came in on one day and then one on another, one on another. So, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit slow. Oh, yeah. And I forgot to say, I don't think I mentioned this last week, but I got my Raleigh Fingers uh photo back uh, oh yeah that's right yeah my raleigh fingers um and it's a really interesting story uh, i'll tell it quickly raleigh fingers got traded to the boston red sox got sold to the boston red sox in 1976 along with joe rudy and uh, vita blue got sold to the yankees charlie finley was just trying to get rid of all his players and make money so he got sold to the red sox and then three days later Bowie Kuhn, the commissioner said no it's not in the best interest of baseball and rescinded both of the trades. And then uh, a couple of years later, Rudy ended up playing for the Red Sox, but Raleigh fingers never played for the Red Sox. Well, anyway, I had a picture of Raleigh fingers um, in his Red Sox uniform. It just happened to be that the Red Sox were playing Oakland A's um, when that trade went down. So um, the top, the photographer from tops was going to the stadium. He went to the stadium and he saw Raleigh. He said, Raleigh, can I get, you know, get some pictures of you in your new uniform. So he took a bunch of pictures of them, and then three days later, obviously they were they were no good because he he got traded. So every once in a while, I'll, you see the picture of Raleigh Fingers in his Red Sox uniform. There's one of mm-hmm. him kind of fake pitching, another one of him just sitting kneeling in the outfield in uh, in Oakland at the Coliseum. So I saw that picture. Somebody had posted it a while ago, and I've been always meaning to get that signed by Fingers because I knew he signed. So I sent it off to him, and he signed it. Uh, you know, for fifteen dollars in a couple of weeks, but it was really—it's really cool that there's, you know, there's, I bet there's not a lot of pictures of uh, people having Raleigh fingers in a Red Sox uniform. So he he signed signed in his blue sharpie, and it took maybe like three weeks to come back, but um, it was kind of cool. I've got I've got a couple other pictures out there that are, that I'm waiting on, but I did get Raleigh fingers back, um, which was nice. Nice. Well, Drew, that wraps up returns. We had a lot, a lot of returns this week. Very good. Hopefully, we'll we'll continue that uh, with returns. And if you want to make sure you check out my article in sportscollectorsdaily.com. And I put, post pictures of all my returns and also on social media. I'm on uh, Cast TTM on Twitter and TTM Cast on Facebook and on uh, Instagram. Drew is on 
Facebook and all social media at DFW Graffer. And make sure you follow him on, on uh, YouTube because there's a great YouTube channel. Well, that wraps up our turns. Joe, I think we'll wrap up the show next. All right. All right. All right, Drew. So, so much for uh, an abbreviated show, right? I think we're still going to two plus hours, but we, we cut it down a little and hopefully you enjoyed all our talk. I want to thank uh, super collector Jared Leahy for joining us. It was great to talk to him about the Boston Celtics and all the stuff that he's collecting. Also, Les Wolf giving his um, unique spin on everything that's happening in the hobby. If you have any questions or comments, you'd like to Les to appraise something for you. Um, quickly appraise something for you or, or give you a uh, validation on an autograph, your it's an opinion on autograph, send an email to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. All right. Uh, and Drew, anything else you want to add? I think that's pretty well, uh, pretty well wraps it up. Yeah. Okay. Wednesday, ttmcast101. Drew will be joining me this week. So we we're going to talk, we'll talk a little um, how to send TTM request. Uh, two international countries. We'll talk about that. And we have Scott Wright from Next Gem App. Uh, he's joining us. He's founder of Next Gem App. It's a great app uh, for card collectors. And we're going to talk to uh, learn more about Next Gem from Scott Wright on Wednesday. The next Saturday, our, our, our TTM cast uh, podcast, we will have David Bell, who's an author and a collector. David's written a new book on how to spot uh, fakes, card fakes. And we're going to talk to him about that and about uh, collecting. David is from Edmonton, Canada. And as a, I met I met David on Puck Junk. So we talk a little hockey with David. And we'll have Les Wolf to give his uh, unique, unique spin on what's going on in the hobby. In two weeks, we will have Clemente Lise. Uh, we have all sorts of, I probably have uh, seven or eight interviews in, in the can, so to speak. So we have all sorts of cool interviews coming your way um, for the next month. We have a lot of stuff planned for February. And, uh, It'll be fun. We're going to try to change the show in terms of making it better and keeping what works and maybe getting rid of some of the stuff like uh, fast forward football, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that works or not, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep, keep, it, uh, keep it going. So guys, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. I wish everyone many happy returns. Make sure you tune into us on Wednesday for Scott Wright for TTM Cast one-on-one. -on -one. Have a great week.